SeacoastBank.com. Better by all accounts since 1926. Member FDIC. Someone's going to get offended. It's just the way the world works. So to hopefully save everyone a little time and or energy, here's this. The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. It is the start of the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That is Wednesday, January 24th in the year 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jim Phillips here once again to take your phone calls and listen to your stuff, whatever your stuff might happen to be. News, current events, we do that. We'll talk about your life. Feel free to talk about mine. And, of course, we'll find many other things to discuss this afternoon. We always do. So take part in the most listened to, the most popular, the most widely heard, the highest rated radio program of its kind in the state of Florida. Pick us up on iHeartRadio. Go to realradio.fm. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Jim. Then send us a text on anything at any time. I promise we'll read it. We may use it on the air. That's Real Mobile 77031, powered by David Moss Chevrolet and David Moss Toyota. But on the phones, long distance, toll free, one triple eight nine seven eight one zero four one. For those of you in the metro, four zero seven nine one six one zero four one. Mo's here. She has news in a few minutes. Yes, we work sir. off that. Of course, Jack is with us. Pinkman is here as well. Later in the program, right after the news with Mo at about four o'clock, a bonus round of closest to the pin. Of course, your opportunity to win that You Matter business card guaranteeing you good fortune for the rest of your life, followed by Jack's audio file. We've got the regular round of closest to the pin. Today being Wednesday, we will talk with Scott Maxwell. He writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Talk to him today at about 5.40. No shot doctor today. He's on special assignment, so we'll fill those minutes somehow, somewhere along the uh, line. We have five-minute professor today, is that right? We do. And uh, then Hope- we'll... Hopefully he has a phone. Yeah. Hopefully he does. Uh, It would be wise for him to find a landline. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'll have the five-minute professor. I'm going to find some uh, drive-home music for you in the last quarter hour and then wrap things up with PPT, person, place, or thing, at the end of the show. Uh, Let's see. What do we got going on here? Well, one of the big stories that will get far more attention, certainly in the early evening, is the you, you got you, you in Seminole County? What happened to you people in Seminole County? You got some problems up there. Leave us alone, you people. New video shows Seminole County's tax collector telling a police officer he should mm-hmm. not get a speeding ticket because he is an elected official. Oh boy, Joel Greenberg was going 39 miles per hour in a 25 mile per hour zone. He tried to talk his way out of the ticket. Greenberg uh, tells Spectrum News 13, or as we've referred to it as the Snooze News, he was late for a meeting. Now, this is the same joker. This is the same uh, knuckle brain 
who try who 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 put on lights on his car and uh, pulled over, or so the story goes, pulled over a female motorist about a month ago, month and a half ago, to issue her a warning. Right. Now we've come out. You're the tax collector for crying out loud. This guy somewhere. Uh, you know, I'm not. He, he's, he's he's got some kind of uh, power complex. He also, yeah, he also blew up at a county commissioner, and then uh, like gave her a hard time when she came into the office to try and get something done. He went to the meeting and blew up. And, he's got a, had this cockamamie yeah. idea about yeah. selling pro- tax collector property or whatever, or leasing it out and selling it. I mean, some kind of financial scheme. And the county commission said, uh, we don't think so. So anyway, uh, at one point, he asked, meeting Joel Greenberg, he asked the officer to call poli- call the police chief, uh, which the officer, good for him, refused to do. Greenberg tried to call the police chief on his own, but for some reason the call was not placed as he could not be seen staring down, presumably at his phone. This is according to... Uh, News 13, Inspector News 13, uh, Greenberg says to the police officer, this is unprofessional. I mean, I have to... It most certainly is. (laughs) Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. This is unprofessional, (laughs) Greenberg said of the traffic stop. I mean, I have to work with you guys. I mean, come on. I ask you, are you going to pull the sheriff over and give him a ticket? And your response would be completely different, Greenberg told the officer. I highly doubt that. My response was, it depends on the situation, the officer replied. The same situation, you're not giving the sheriff a ticket, and you and I, blah, blah, blah. This guy, come on. He's trying to use his power, his position, excuse me, not his power, his position as Seminole County tax collector to say, hey, you know, I'm the tax collector, I'm the big man on campus, you know, you're just the lowly Lake Mary police officer. He's almost intimating, if you know what's good for you, right. because I'm going to I'm gonna get a hold of the police chief, and you're going to have to answer to the police chief, and thank goodness uh, this Lake Mary police uh, officer pulled him out and said, eh, you probably said, go ahead and call him. What you want? Anyone. So, so someone squealed on him in the Lake in the Lake Mary Police Department, right? They must have ratted him out. Sure. Yeah, sure. It wasn't Greenberg who called Spectrum 13 and say, hey, I was pulled over for doing 39 and a 25 mile per hour, and I tried to talk my way out of a traffic ticket by uh, by puffing out my chest and saying, do you know who I am? And uh, so somebody in the Lake Mary Police Department must have squealed on him. Yeah, I think you're right. That's how much respect Joel Greenberg has in Seminole County. What a chucklehead this guy is. Is he implying that he's an elected official so he shouldn't get a ticket? No, oh, he's implying, yeah, he's a big shot. Nice. I'm late for a meeting. You don't understand. Yeah. I ought to get a pass. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, mm, you no. know, blah, blah, blah. You're nothing. You're nothing at all. <laughs> You're the tax collector uh, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get nervous. <laughs> you on, pull Trump. over the sheriff of Nottingham. That's when you start getting nervous. Mm. Not the Seminole <laughs> County tax collector. So also in Seminole County, you got a school board member who hasn't shown up for 11 months of work. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Still getting too. paid, too. Yeah. Still getting paid. You know, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, Jeffrey Bauer. He's missed 11 months of work. And the school board finally, after 11 months, is saying, oh, gee, you know, maybe we ought to try to get a hold of Jeffrey and see what's going on here. Now, the uh, only person who has the power to remove Jeffrey Bauer from office is the governor. Bauer is a Republican. He was a Republican. He was elected in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, he suffered a stroke, or so the story goes, in 2016. 
and then faced additional medical problems in early 2017. This is according to interviews he gave and a letter sent to Governor Scott about mm-hmm. his absence. Mm-hmm. So, so nobody can track him down? They can't find him. I, they're not even sure he lives in the county. The, the address that was well, in, I, in Seminole is his father's address or something. And it's he's there's no he's there's a fire and no one's living there right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. he's non compass. Nobody can find him. Well, you know, even the Sentinel couldn't find him. Well, you have a responsibility, Jeffrey, as an elected official to say, look, I understand if you if you're sick and, you know, maybe sure. they say, hey, we understand. We'll give you a pass. Maybe we can do it by some video conference. But but we got to know where you are. I mean, where do they send the checks? Or maybe they're automatically deposited in his bank. I don't know. But Jeffrey is uh, absent without leave. Jeffrey Bauer, uh, for the past 11 months, absent without leave from the Seminole County School Board. Now they're trying to track him down. Just to say, what the hell's going on? Just tell us what's going on. He's missing. You know, the school board might say, we understand. You know, you need the medical insurance. and Who knows? But I think after a while... You know, the citizens of Seminole County might say, look, if you can't, uh, if you're an elected official and you can't carry out your responsibilities, you know, we're going to have to do something about that. Okay. You understand, Jeffrey? Kind of understand. Mm, feel for you. We understand. But uh, 11 months, we going on somebody. 12 months now, and yeah. you haven't been showing up for a school board meeting and nobody knows, knows where you are. I think we might have to ask the governor to quite possibly think about removing you. From office, the world um, mourns the passing of, uh, well, there are two of them. There's uh, Hugh Masekela, the great uh, jazz trumpeter out of South Africa, and John Coleman. Uh, I said John Coleman. Okay, who's John Coleman? John Coleman was the co-founder of the Weather Channel. No mm. kidding. Eighty-three years old. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he co-founded the Weather Channel. He was a big, he was a meteorologist, TV meteorologist, and finally found the financial backings to uh, to start the Weather Channel. And needless to say, that took off. Huge. But the interesting thing about John Coleman, and you wouldn't think you think you, he was a climate change denier till the day he died. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Just uh, by the time he retired in twenty fourteen. He'd become a lightning rod for controversy over his views on climate change. At the top of his personal blog, he wrote, There is no significant man-made global warming at this time. There has not been any in the past, and there is no reason to fear any in the future. John Coleman, 83. Who got a bigger obit, John Coleman or Hugh Masekela? John Coleman. Hugh Masekela. All right, why? Because that song, Grazing in in the Grass, is awesome. Was that him? What do you think, Mel? Yeah, you yeah. Got that John Coleman or Hugh Masekela? I think, I think that he's global, so I would go with the jazz musician. Yeah. Hugh Masekela. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Coleman probably got a, a fifth of a page with one photograph. Yeah. Hugh Masekela uh, got the rest of the page with uh, four photographs. Oh, yeah, take smoke. that. So there you go. Hugh Masekela, dead trumpeter and anti-apartheid activist, dead at 78. John Coleman, 83, who co-founded the TV Weather. I remember when cable first started, they would have a channel you'd go to, and it would just be a camera that was on some kind of device that would go back mm-hmm. left and right, back and left and right, and all it would do was look at four dials that would tell you the temperature, the barometric pressure, the wind speed, and I think the wind direction. Nope. That's it. That, I'm, I'm <laughs> that not was kidding the weather you. channel? That was the wet. Yeah, essentially. that. W- well, they were owned by every cable company. Did their own. Had a separate camera, and oh. they did their own. 
So if you wanted to know, oh, geez, what do you think the wind speed is? And what is it, uh, you know? Oh, loud. Look at that. Nine miles per hour out of the northwest. I'll be damned. But now this is a behemoth, this uh, this weather channel. Jim Cantori. He's, he's a rock star. Uh, someone texted in, John Coleman's son works for the president running the weather service for the U.S. and also does not believe in climate change. Well, there you go. So, hmm. well. uh, Jim, to your uh, earlier story about uh, uh, Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg demanding he not get a ticket and said, what if, you know, I was the police chief? Uh, it wasn't that long ago where over in Volusia County, Sheriff Mike Chitwood insisted That's right. that he was issued a ticket when he was pulled over uh, a couple months back. This guy has an inflated uh, idea of his own uh, of his own power. Joel in, uh, Greenberg. In Seminole, in Seminole, yes, in Seminole County. And uh, this is not the first time that he's had, he has an, an inflated opinion of himself. You're the tax collector, right? Just be the tax collector, right? You're not a police officer. You're not that much. You're not. You're not a big shot. You're Seminole County tax collector, mm. all right? Just make sure the office is running correctly and leave the rest of us alone. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Real Radio 104.1 wants to put a grand in your hand. Your next chance to text in and win is at the top of the hour. Brought to you by Sarah Lee Artisano Bakery Buns from. The- You're listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Real Radio 104.1. She's got the news that ain't gonna bore ya. There's more around, there's more around, there's more around. From around the globe to around the block, there's something special for ya. There's more around, there's more around. Time for that check of news. Here's Mo. Jim, or we have a big deal happening in Orlando this weekend. It's called the Pro Bowl. And Sunrail is buying in, and the commuter rail service will offer special runs for the NFL Pro Bowl on Sunday. It starts at 3 o'clock at Camping World Stadium, so Sunrail begins service at noon as the first train leaves southbound from up in DeBarry. Anybody and going? Then, uh, no. Nope. Uh, LOL, nope. no. Mm-mm. Nope. In other sports news, Jim, the Orlando Magic and the Sacramento Kings are now tied for the worst record in the NBA. What? They met last night at the Amway Center. The Kings came from behind at the last second or so to beat the Magic 105 to 99 and snap an eight-game losing streak for them, but we have lost nine out of the last 11 games. Both teams really stink. We are all both now 14 wins and 33 losses. And finally, in the sports block today, Miami will soon be getting an MLS expansion franchise. About time. They're making the big announcement on Monday. David Beckham, the mayor of Miami, um... What's his name? Gerber uh, from MLS. Don Gerber. Yes, that's a Don Gerber from MLS. All be in, wow. in Miami. They are getting their name and their logo, and it's all going to be revealed Monday after four years of delay. So that'll be the new rivalry you think taking over from yes. Orlando, Atlanta. It'll yes. be Orlando, Miami. No question. Um, I guess the news conference comes after Beckham and his latest business partners 
finalize the franchise details with MLS. Any clue to what they? As what, what do you think that they're going to get an animal name mm. or just a you can bet name? On that. Mm-hmm. Some, I don't know. Well, let's see. Um, who did Beckham play for? Yeah, oh, I see. see. Yeah. Manchester United. So there's already a. Is there a oh, Miami United? Miami United. Miami FC. Or Real. You know, yeah, but Madrid. usually they have a, a nickname of of some sort. It could be Real Miami. You know, Real, Real Miami. Could be Real Miami, but cool. the mascot is the Pit Bulls. Oh, Manchester oh. United is Red yeah, Bulls. Yeah. I think. Right. The, it is the Pit Bulls. No, <laughs> Miami doesn't allow you to have. Worldwide. Pit, they don't allow you to have Pit Bulls. No, Miami. they have a bald Pit Bull down there. Oh boy. Yeah, Mr. 305. No problems were reported following last night's Jackson Brown concert here in Orlando, but there was increased police presence. I know some people who were there, and they saw him for sure at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. There, there were, were more uh, police than attendees? No, no, no. Certainly not. Oh, that's uh, right. no, no, no. Jackson Brown. Uh, no, no. It was, it was a big deal to the people who went. Anyway, following threats in Indiana, where they found banners at a church referencing Jackson Brown's concert, Orlando, yesterday's date, and last October's concert massacre in Las Vegas. Seriously. Somehow connecting all of that together. Ticket holders who didn't feel safe were allowed to get their money back. But officials at the Dr. Phillips say there was only a small number of refunds. I don't think I'd be too worried, but I would look for the exits. Yeah, yeah. Totally right. I do went everywhere. Now. now you do. Oh, yeah. You got to. Uh, cast members at Walt Disney World. That's what they call for you if you work there. A cast member, Jim. I know. Cast members. My wife was of, a cast member for a long time. Part of the family. Uh, along with Disney employees around the rest of the country, are in line for a $1,000 cash bonus. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger announced yesterday the extra money is going to more than 125,000 eligible workers. In addition, Disney's investing $50 million in a new education program specifically designed to cover tuition for hourly employees at the bottom of the wage wage ladder. Disney says those two initiatives, the $1,000 bonus... And the tuition help yeah. uh, are totally a result of the recently enacted tax reform. You mentioned already the new video that's going around, I guess, or it's out there somewhere. I haven't found it. I'm looking, though, like a crazy person to, to show uh, Seminole County's tax collector telling a police officer, I, don't give me a ticket. I'm an elected official. Yeah, I don't know if there's video. There will be soon because mm-hmm. it's uh, a public public record. Right. And I'm sure the. Television news departments yeah. are trying to track it down if no, they don't have true. it already. Right. I think uh, it's public record. Uh, he was arguing that he <laughs> it, it was not appropriate to give him a speeding ticket for driving 39 miles an hour. I'm a, a big shot. In a 25. I'm the tax collector. He's, you can't get me a ticket. 14 miles over the speed limit. Guess what, Joel? You get a ticket. Uh, then he said it was unprofessional. Then he said you'd never pull over the sheriff. Yeah. Then he said, oh, I'm late for a meeting. And, you know, all of that. Uh, and then Hey, keep giving me a lip. You're really going to be late. Yeah, we'll put you in handcuffs, bub. Joel yeah, Greenberg. Bub. This guy is just... Uh, he's a bit taken he's with a little himself. Bit out, you know, well, he's out of control. Thinks he's a big shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tax collector for crying out Joel. loud. Go back to your daddy's dental. You know, office. there's a there's a there's a ladder, you know, of importance in county politics. And that's not it. Yeah, you're not even on the county commission. <laughs> no, but an important job is Seminole County School Board, and they can't find one of the members. It's been almost a year since he showed up to anything. He's now He's missed sick. eleven months of work. I don't know. Well, he did suffer what he called a mini stroke or a mac- micro stroke. What Someone said he took over for his mom or you know, his mom, Diane Bauer. Oh, is that the Bauer? Huh. Yeah. Well, he had some medical troubles in, in 16 and a little bit in 17. And after t- February of 17, 
Nobody ever saw him again. Well, you got to let somebody know about this. Well, you can't just not show up for work for 11 months and not let anybody know. He's collecting $41,000 a year in salary and also his health insurance. Well, where's the rest of the school board? Doesn't anybody in the school nobody board say, hey, where's, uh, where's Jeffrey? Mm-mm. Well, they ask, but nobody knows. They all look like their palms well, up. Well, like, I'd I have been know. asking for every school board meeting for the past six months. Can somebody please track him down? Oh, 11. Call Magnum. Bauer did not respond to numerous requests for comment left on his work phone, on his cell phone, well, on his home phone. Okay. He never explained why he was absent from the board meeting and other school board stuff. Probably in Belize by now. I don't know where he is. But well, let's I, track I it down. He... More news with Mo. Oh, yeah. The birthday's upcoming. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. You are listening to The Phillips File, where horrible news is reported horribly. Real Radio! 104.1 A video of uh, Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg. We have that on our website now. You can see what a chucklehead this guy is. Back to the news. Here's Mo. <laughs> Jim, today is January 24th, 2018, and today is National Peanut Butter Day. I'll take it. In all forms. Finally. Oh. Yes. You had something day. decent, Mo. Hey, pie day was pretty good today. yesterday. Peanut butter and pie. jelly. Oh, that's a good time. Mm. If I never yeah. had a peanut butter again, I'd be all right. Mm. It's, you know, every once, maybe twice a year I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's a good time, though. Yeah, you harken back to your childhood, maybe. It's a good thing. I don't know. Anyway, so today's right. peanut butter day. Peanut butter cookies, peanut butter yeah. pie. Yes. Peanut, yes. Uh, you know, Girl Scout cookies, the peanut butter patties or whatever those are called. Not a big thing. Uh, yeah. So peanut butter stuff. How about Reese's Pieces? Reese's is peanut butter flavor. No, nah, just uh, salute the, the the jar of peanut butter. Everybody's got one. I don't like Reese's pieces. Right. I don't like them either. They I, taste. I weird. OD'd on them. You cups though, not pieces. Well, whatever. Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. that's so good. Uh, Jim, I not don't... if you eat ten thousand of them. No, probably. Not. <laughs> uh, in a year, your teeth hurt. Uh, Jim, the Doritos Jennifer... and that and lobster tail and some weed. Oh. That's all you need in life. Mm-hmm. Good book. You don't even need any TV. It's like a Jimmy Buffett song. That's exactly where I kind of an environment where I had them. Uh, Orlando police are being told, give us the files by the family of Jennifer Kessie. Jennifer Kessie disappeared 12 years ago yesterday. Wow. 12 years ago. And they had a press conference saying, we will take over the investigation. Give us the files. Give us the info. Give us whatever. We've assembled a group Mm-mm. of lawyers and investigators, they say. Nope. And OPD, Chief Mina, you know, responded to them and said, we're not giving you anything. That's a president. You can't, uh-huh. That's you know, I feel for this family. Well, he says If he had f- asked me when was the Jennifer Kessie uh, missing person, yeah, I, I would have say? said six, seven years ago. No, no, 12. Wow. And they say that it's gone cold, stone cold. Well, so they're willing to, you know, let's, obviously they have a, an interest, a serious interest in it. And uh, during a press conference at police headquarters, Today, marking the latest anniversary of the Jennifer Kessie disappearance, OPD's chief, John Mina, said, oh, no, we're working on it. I don't know if it was ever very warm. Mm-mm. They found I mean, her it's car. Just of, it's just one of those stories like, what the hell happened here? They found her car. Yeah. Uh, in the last five years, they've had 160 tips. They've upped the crime line reward to $15,000. But... They're enhancing their search. They have one detective assigned to focus exclusively on the Jennifer Kessie case. case. Uh, Yeah, but it's totally ice cold. Um, As the chief spoke, the brother and the father and everybody else was like, come on now. Seriously. You got a feel for him. 
They Which feel like a it's terrible, a, a terrible thing that happened to their daughter. But you know, you do the police chief lets you know lets them have these records. Then every everybody in the world's going to come along and say, "Hey, I want the written." You can't set that precedent. Yep, they haven't filed a formal complaint or anything against the police department, but. They say mistakes may have been made in past years. Well, can they work something out? How can our people come and sit down with your people? Can we have a little bit better? Right. I mean, just a little bit better. Maybe share some information here. Sharing sounds like a good idea. Oh. Uh huh. SpaceX, Jim, Elon Musk, and SpaceX finally tested those super duper rockets. About time. The Falcon Heavy. They test fired it at twelve thirty this afternoon, and it went like a charm. Now, this will actually be the rocket. They put a rocket on top of this, you know, uh, these boosters. uh, And they they expect to launch this thing in about a week. So first you heard um, rumbling. Then you saw fire. And it was holy cattle. It was really impressive. They, They didn't blast anything off. They just wanted to test the rockets. It happened today at 1230. Everything went according to plan. A tougher version of Florida's law that prohibits texting and driving. Is still alive up in Tallahassee. The existing ban is often described as toothless, though, because it's still classified as a secondary offense. Toothless. So you can't be pulled over if you're seen texting. Correct. Correct. Take that. One senator, uh, Florida Senator Keith Perry of Gainesville, is sponsoring the bill that would make texting while driving a primary offense, which means police could pull you over for a traffic stop and write you a ticket. So if they're just looking at your phone, they yeah. can pull you over. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, texting? Yeah. No. Unless you're Joel Greenberg. No, but what if you're looking at your phone? If you're, I looked at a map today on my phone. I, I didn't know where I was going, so I had it on my maps. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone and driving, so I knew to That's turn. That's not a good idea. Oh, no, Mo, you're distracted. Well, how am I supposed to, how are you supposed to do a map? How are you supposed to do No, where you're going. Do it before you leave. Do you have any audio that tells you when to turn? No. Turn by you turn. You don't? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. Well, when I'm in my car, it doesn't come out. I don't know why. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. That's why Bluetooth. Yeah, set up your Bluetooth. Even I can figure that one out. I don't know. Well, anyway, I don't have GPS built into my car. You don't need GPS built into your car. So I'm looking at the phone. I I don't have it either, but I can hear my phone when it gives me turn by turn directions. GPS on your phone. Where do you put your phone in the car? In in the center console. They have a mount where if you you could put it on your dashboard, then it's visible, so you can have the turn by turn directions there. Yeah, and you're not. I mean, when and in the direction you're looking, it's not something you're holding in your hand. Mm. That's so sophisticated. Now you don't have to yeah. look at it; you just listen to the audio. They yeah. turn right now. Turn right. Yeah, five hundred like, feet. Ah. Bing. Well, it tells you five hundred. So you think it's now. it's easier to look at a map while you're driving as opposed to an audio signal saying. Turn like right in like 200 see, feet. I like to see where it says, you know, 1.2 miles, 500 feet, 70 oh, that's feet. That's old school. I like to look at it. I like to look that's at it. That's old school. Yeah, whatever. Mo, you used uh, navigation and couldn't get out of your neighborhood one time. That's true. It sent me back home. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I put it in in the other car that had GPS built into it, it kept sending me home. You don't need, and, a, you don't need anyway. a GPS system in your car. Toys R Us, Jim, is planning to close as many as 182 stores nationwide. Toys R Us. Closing Agaba stores, including 11 in Florida. Declared bankruptcy uh, not too long ago. The Toys R Us stores closing here include two in Kissimmee, plus one in Tallahassee, St. Pete, Tampa, Orange Park, and Altamont Springs. Boca Raton, Port St. Lucie, Royal Palm Beach, and Carl Springs also. You know why that is? The one in Altamont, because because of Amazon. Well, it's Amazon, and uh, there aren't as many kids anymore. 
Mm. They all grew up. Now that's why Kimberly Clark is laying off 5,000. The diaper there, people? Yeah, because there's not as much demand for diapers. Mm-hmm. No one can afford children. <laughs> Huggies and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suckers. Lose the trash and up the class. <laughs> is that true or not? Uh, I don't know if we're in a baby Fake boom news. or baby bust. Fake I don't... news? No, it is. No, that's why they're laying off 5,000. Because they're predicting a decline in the number of children being born, and therefore there's no reason to produce as many Huggies. Millennials, too lazy to have sex. Nah. They can't afford kids. They have to pay their student loans. Yeah, on. we can't even afford rent. Half the <laughs> they time. can't move oh, out of their mom's crossbow. house. All right, I know. Crossbow <laughs> is a one-time a, expense. Oh, no, you, no, you can buy a crossbow <laughs> and invent in a cryptocurrency. What else has he gotten That's into right. lately? There's something else I heard him talking about today. Say what? You know, he's always bitching and complaining. I don't have any money. If I had to make a decision well, between a child today? and a crossbow, I choose crossbow every time. Oh, what? And what did he mention? You know, today? it's not an exercise today. program, right? You didn't mix it up with cross crossfit, fit, right? Oh, see. now Uh-oh. he actually an investment in cryptocurrency might be the most shrewd movies made. Oh, true. I've already made money. Thank you very much. Jim, there's a message that an image consultant had for female students at Florida State University. You made cryptocurrency. No, I can exchange it for U.S. doll hands. Well, when you do do that, that's when you've made money. Until you have cash in hand, you haven't made any money. Well, that's what they say about stock, too. I mean, just because the stock doubled... You don't have any more money no, until you sell the stock. The, no, you've increased the value of your, of, so of your stock. It's the same concept. He's, the same thing. He hasn't made any the, money. Money is when you have when you have cash in your hand. I have. That's the, when you finally made the money. I have the option to extract my profit at this very moment. Yeah, okay. All right. Good luck with that. Lose the trash. I'll be rich. Yeah. Lose the trash. Can I make a bet on that? And up the class. <laughs> Ten years. Uh, some 200 uh, sorority members were told they should avoid posting social media images of themselves dressed like a hoochie mama or drinking in a red with a red solo cup. So the, the message from the image consultant to college kids is lose the trash and up the class. Um, they should avoid posting these social media things. Uh, she said, raise the bar, basically, and said your personal brand begins when you are in college. So if you think that posting pictures of your drunken sorority party are fine and dandy. Guess what? Employers are looking at your Facebook page and your Insta page. Uh, But, yeah. You should say Instagram. I should, but I didn't. Let let the kids say Insta. Insta. Do it for the gram. Just gram, yeah. The Florida Supreme (laughs) Court is about to become one of the first. Uh Uh, The Florida Supreme Court, the highest court in Florida, is about to become one of the first courts in the world to go live via video on social media. The court begins broadcasting on Facebook Live tomorrow at 3.30. With coverage of the annual Florida Bar Pro Bono Awards. But anyway, starting in February, the High Court will use Facebook Live permanently for all oral arguments. People can watch live streaming of the Florida Supreme Court. See your Sounds court, like fun to me. See your court mm-hmm. in action, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. The American Lung Association says Florida could be doing... Time, please. The American Lung Association says Florida could be doing more to save lives by implementing proven... Tobacco policies, according to the organization's 2018 State of Tobacco Control report, uh, Florida lags significantly behind the nation in reducing and preventing tobacco use. The American Lung Association says that's supported by the fact that more than 15 percent of Florida residents are currently smoking. The new report that came out about vaping or vaping nicotine. Mm-hmm. How's that working out? Not so good. No, I don't think it's a good idea, but they do say it may reduce. Uh, well, they're they're a little bit conflicted whether it increases the possibility that 
people would start smoking cigarettes, and then there's another school of thought that says it may prevent people from smoking cigarettes. In Clearwater, Florida. It Jim. just looks stupid. I'd rather smoke cigarettes. Oh, that vaping? Yeah, come on. No, I'm not a fan. In Clearwater, Florida, a thief is shown shoving expensive live fish down his pants. Maybe <laughs> the Clearwater Police Department says a couple entered a pet store. Anything for a thrill? A week ago or so, I guess. Uh, while the female accomplice went about distracting the store clerk over here, the man began bagging exotic fish, shoving these fish-filled, you know, Ziploc bags down his pants, <laughs> and then they ran out of the store. Um, <laughs> they the clerk then went over to the area where the man was and realized that. There were water droplets on the floor, and some really expensive fish were it's missing. a black market for this, or do you think they just wanted it for themselves? They're 18 and $20 a piece. What's the total value? Mm, I don't know. Uh, they took a bunch, though, and the, the male suspect uh, has been captured and is facing a petty theft charge. Uh, she isn't saying anything, Jim, but signs point to a possible run for Congress by the former University of Miami president, Donna Shalala. You may know that name. Uh, she was in, uh, like, national... Uh, the national spotlight for a while. President of the University of Wisconsin for a while, I uh, think. Donna Shalala, she is re- re- reportedly rumored to be interested Points. in replacing retiring <laughs> Republican Ileana ross Leighton from South Florida. The Miami Yay. Herald is reporting that. So anyway, she would presumably run as a Democrat, I'm guessing. Orange County um, deputies are releasing a sketch of a suspect who they say attacked a 92-year-old lady inside her home mm-hmm. who was simply doing laundry in her garage. Seminole County? Uh, no, Orange. Oh. Ha-ha, yours. Yeah, uh, Pine tag, Hills, I think. Tag, you're it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, disgraced former USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University doctor Larry Nasser is being sentenced to up to 175 years in prison for sexually assaulting more than 150 girls and women. The judge, wow, she really gave a blistering comment from the bench when she sentenced this guy today. This He's a bum. And he stood there, and he was starting to read, and then he turned his back to her, and she's like, hey, you just turned. It doesn't mean anything to him. Look at me, Bob. No. Uh, No. He wrote a very poignant letter, though. I thought if somebody didn't really care or understand anything. He's trying to cover for himself. These are, these primarily men are hardwired this way. You know, the sad fact of the matter is there were indications and there were reports and there were complaints filed against this individual and other adults, coaches, Quite possibly a university president. Quite possibly even some uh, parents of uh, of children who were abused. You know, wouldn't wouldn't believe it. What? I mean, they're, they're, I mean because they're. I mean, these are you're talking about your daughter's dreams, and uh, and it's that standard. Who's going to believe a twelve year old or who's going to believe a fourteen year old? Mm. He's the doctor, and uh, and then it finally catches up. This guy is is, is as attracted to children. As you and I are attracted to to other adults, there's not the only thing you can do is identify these people as quickly as possible and segregate them from society so they don't hurt anybody. Well, it was you a can't little, lecture him. It was hours. I mean, it, it, there were hours of victims sta- making That's statements. That's good because that allows them to release, you know, some of their pain. But if you think this is having any kind of impact on on Larry Nasser, well, it was enough for him to complain about it that he didn't like it. He did. Uh, the judge, whose name is Rosemarie Aquilina, said it was her honor and privilege to sentence Dr. Nasser, including the line, quote, you do not deserve to walk outside of prison again. And I think he's got like 175 years in prison or something like that. Like, so obviously he's in his 50s, so he'll he'll never see the light of day as a free man. 
again. Well, that's good. Yeah. Unfortunately, is. though, this should have happened years ago. Right. I mean, the Corollis are involved. USA Gymnastics is involved. Michigan State University is involved. God only knows how many coaches at uh, Michigan State University uh, uh, were involved. You know, many, so many of these women as children filed complaints and nobody did anything about it. Right. They didn't. Their number one responsibility is to protect children, and they did not do it. A new report shows Netflix. You can, le- you can stand there and lecture all you want. It doesn't make any impact on Larry Nasser. He, he stood there scowling. He, did, he but probably he sits there and he doesn't. He doesn't understand. I'm not trying to say, hey, the, it's just these are people who prey on on individuals who cannot give consent to sexual activity. They are children. They need to be segregated from society. But if you think this is some kind of ethical choice that he's made, or it, it, it doesn't work that way. He just comes out of the chute. This is the way that the wires are are, are connected with him. Mm-hmm. So just find these people and say, I'm sorry, you're a danger to people who can't give consent to this kind of stuff, and we can't have you pose that, that danger in society. See you later. Right. But to get all high and mighty about this and, you know... I, to a degree, it's it's theater. I'm glad that the victims were allowed a public space to vent their anger. I think that's important, certainly important to them. And I and I compliment the judge for allowing that to happen during the sentencing hearing. But to think that you know Larry Nasser is sitting there and 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 responding to what we might consider shame, that's not happening with him. No. A report shows Netflix Jim spent $39 million on shows it never released because two leading men, Kevin Spacey and Louis C.K., were accused of sexual misconduct. The company's latest earnings report came out mm. and showed a $39 million charge in the final quarter of 2017 for what they called unreleased content that they've decided not to move forward with. So that, that Kevin Spacey thing and Louis C.K. Cost them some money. Yeah, it, it certainly They can't did. afford to lose a lot of money because Disney's... Breathing down their neck. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Music legend Elton John is retiring from the road after no. a final world tour in September. Mm. Elton John, Sir Elton John, made the announcement this afternoon at the YouTube headquarters in New York City saying that his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour will cover 300 dates around the world. It'll go for a, a, a while. I mean, a couple of years, I guess. But then he said he is done. The 70-year-old music icon who was hospitalized last year in South America for some bacterial infection Ooh. said health issues were not a factor, but he's he's tired of being tired. Glad I got to see him. I've seen him, too. He's yeah. awesome. A six-part Lucky. miniseries about the 1993 Waco standoff starts tonight on the Paramount Network. You may not know that. It's formerly Spike Network. They've changed their name now. What? Yeah. Are they but, no longer just for men? That's correct. Oh, The lame. Paramount Network, Waco is the name of the miniseries, looks back at the standoff between federal agents and the Branch Davidian religious cult in Texas outside of Waco that ended that was a with, with more mm-hmm. than 80 people dying. Sorry, there's no reason for that to happen. Thank you, Janet Reno. Thank you, Bill Clinton. The series will also explore Thank the Thank you, multi- Will Ferrell. Oh. What? what? Didn't he play Janet Reno? Oh, <laughs> he did. Thank the you. series will also explore the multifaceted personality of the sect leader, David Koresh. A lot of innocent people die for no good reason. Yeah, that's true. That could have been settled somehow. Mm-hmm. Instead of setting the place on fire. And happy, happy birthday today to a guy you mentioned. Well, just... they set it on fire, right? Yes. Allegedly. They did. Happy, happy birthday, Jim. There's to... no reason, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's no, there was no reason for SWAT team members and tanks and 
This wasn't any reason tear gas. It just wasn't any reason for it. Happy, happy, happy birthday to a guy you mentioned yesterday. I think you even mentioned him to office today. Uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, Neil Diamond is now 76. Much older. 70? 77. Nope. On the dot right there. Mm. On the dot. 77. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy birthday to Ed Helms, Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw him on the Letterman show. He was the guest when I was there that one time. No kidding. Was he that good of a guest? Wasn't he in... Um, he was ba- all right. What's he that was Bachelor one? Bachelor Hangover. Yeah, and, and huh? Hangover, Hangover and Hangover. Daily Show, the and he's office. younger than me, The Office, in his 40s. I will go double quad? 44. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and finally, speaking of gymnastics, uh, Mary Lou Retton. Oh, Former Olympic, okay, so uh, 96 Atlanta Olympics. So I don't know 14, which one, but... 14 and 8, 22 on what she was then. I'm going to oh go God. 42. 50. On the dot, Jim. What? Thank you. You knew it, right? Oh. I did. Uh-huh. She was the 88 Olympics, wasn't oh, she? Oh, God. And that's the la da Just call me Moira. Take a little break. When we come back, a bonus round of closest to the pin. Your opportunity to win good fortune for the rest of your life on Real Radio 104.1. To win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From. You are listening to The Phillips File. Real Radio 104.1. And now, The Phillips File presents a game that is not about being. Right or wrong? Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is... Closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! Yeah, time for that bonus round of Closest to the Pin. Sean's on the line. He'll play against Pinkman in this bonus round. Sean wants to win that You Matter business card guaranteeing him good fortune for the rest of his life. Sean also knows if he loses to Pinkman, it's bad luck for him for 24 hours. Not Pinkman, but Sean. Pinkman, if you'll head to the soundproof booth, Mm -hmm. we'll bring you back in a couple of minutes to determine your handicap. Sean, are you ready to play? Yes, I am. All right, Sean, listen to the questions. There are 10 of them. They are connected. Don't worry about that. Answer to the best of your ability. Nice and clear into the phone so we can all hear you, okay? Yes, sir. Here we go. Countdown. Keep score for Sean. In three, two, one. Sean, the retailer Toys R Us is closing 180 stores nationwide. It was founded in what year? 1976. The movie Toy Story was released in what year? 1998. The comedian Don Rickles voiced the character Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. How old was Don Rickles when he died last year? 86. Hasbro began selling the toy Mr. Potato Head in what year? Oh, 1938. Hasbro also produced and sold G.I. Joe starting in what year? Uh, 1948. How old is former congressman and now the host of Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, on, it, on MSNBC? 52. Scarborough Fair, an English ballad, was recorded and released by Simon and Garfunkel in what year? 1969. 
How old is Art Garfunkel? 69. Simon and Garfunkel broke up in what year? Uh, 1979. Get it within 20, you went outright. If Paul Simon was a crow in Hartford, Connecticut, he would have to fly how many miles to reach New Haven, Connecticut? 48. Time. All right. Hold on. There we go. Bada boom, bada bing. Here he comes, Mr. Speedy. He's slow. <laughs> He's slow. All right, Mr. Pingman, roll the dice, please. Your handicap is 15, but we allow you to roll the dice. Whatever the number is, we'll take it off 15. That will be your handicap for today. Here we go. What do you got? Oh, yeah. a nine. Ooh, not bad. The hard way. That means it's only a the hard way. <laughs> Six. What? All right, I got ten questions for you. They're interconnected. Uh, you know how this works. Are you ready to go? Yes. Countdown for Pinkman. Keep score, please. Wapa Junior. Keep time and score. Got it. In three, two, one. Pinky, the retailer Toys R Us is closing 180 stores nationwide. It was founded in what year? Uh, 1948. The movie Toy Story was released in what year? 94. The comedian Don Rickles voiced the character Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. How old was Rickles when he died last year? 92. Hasbro began selling the toy Mr. Potato Head in what year? Uh, 1927. Hasbro also produced and sold G.I. Joe starting in what year? 59. How old is former congressman and now the host of Morning Jojo Scarborough on MSNBC? 56. Scarborough Fair, an English ballad, was recorded and released by Simon and Garfunkel in what year? 1971. How old is Art Garfunkel? Uh, 76. Simon and Garfunkel broke up in what year? 97. Get it within 20, you went outright. If Paul Simon was a crow in Hartford, Connecticut, he would have to fly how many miles to reach New Haven, Connecticut? Uh, 113. Time. Wow. Let's take a look. Toys R Us founded in what year? Sean said. 76. Pinkman. 48. Not right on the money. 1948. What? What? 1948. Yeah. Toys R Us was founded in 1948. Interesting. The movie Toy Story released in what year? Sean said. 98. Pinkman. 94. 1990. Five. Oh, oh, Pinky squeaks one out. Don there. Rickles, how old was he when he died last year? He was the voice of Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. Sean said. He was 86. Pinkman. 92. 90. No, oh, so close. Pinky. Hasbro began selling Mr. Potato Head in what year? Sean said. 38. Pinkman. 27. 1952. That's Sean's on the board. Hasbro also produced and sold G.I. Joe starting in what year? Sean said. 48. Pinkman. 59. 64. There's Pinky. How old is Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe? Sean said. 52. Pinkman. 56. 54. It's a split. Right in the middle, oh. yeah. Uh-huh. Scarborough Fair, recorded by Simon and Garfunkel in what year? Sean said. 69. Pinkman. 71. 66. Oh, Sean takes that one. How old is Art Garfunkel? Sean said. 69. Pinkman. 76. Right on the money. Art Garfunkel is 76. Wow, Woo! Pinky. Simon and Garfunkel broke up in what year? Sean said. 79. Pinkman. Nine, he reversed it, 97. 1970. Oh, my goodness. Did they really? Yeah. Huh. Oh. oh, Sean gets that one. All right. Wait, get it, with... it comes down to this, right? Pinky's ahead four to uh, eight to four. Get it within 20. You went out, right? Yep. If Paul Simon was a crow in Hartford, Connecticut, he would have to fly how many miles to reach New Haven, Connecticut? Sean said. 48 miles. Pinkman. Uh, 113. The answer, 36. Oh, he's within 48. 20. Yep, he's in there. He wins the whole thing. Yep. yep. What? 
What'd you say? What was the window? 20. 20. Wait, oh, wait, 48 and 36? Yeah, he wins. He wins. He wins. Yeah. It's only 12 off. He beat you with the crow question. Oh, yeah, that's it, Sean. the crow question. Yeah, you what said 113. You? Sean said 48. He was. We got that 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean Fake got it news. on the last one. He got it on the last one. Sorry. He took you down on the last hey. question, the crow question. Congratulations, Sean. Oh, you win that You Matter business card. You will have good fortune for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Thanks I for playing. Close only counts in wow. shoes wow. and grenades. Hey, He's got a sting. He's got a couple of them on the money, too. He was way ahead. And what on the... Year for Scarborough Fair and the age of Garfunkel. Toys R Us when it was founded. He said 1948. Did you know that or just pull it out of your hiney? I guessed. Did you really? Good guess. Yeah, I'm brave. (laughs) They gave the same answer for the year Scarborough Fair was released and the age of Garfunkel? Mm -mm. No. Yeah. They split it. I guess they split. No, we split Scarborough. I guess the age of Garfunkel. Yes. Your answer was the same. You said 76, and then also for the... Never mind. It doesn't matter. You don't know. You lost. Never mind. It was a peculiar answer is all I'm saying. By the way, I have a question for you. Does popcorn go bad? Yes. Oh, well, in my house, apparently it does. Well... Pop package popcorn? microwave popcorn. Oh, it, it's not only in the bag, but then each one is individually in the cellophane. Sealed. Sealed. Vacuum sealed, I believe. Uh, I don't know about vacuum sealed. That but You can't step on it and have any air be released. I don't know. I but don't I know. will tell you that uh, <laughs> my husband was asking for something, you know, like he wanted a salty snack the other day. And I said, there's a big box from Costco at in the in the pantry. So he goes and he opens, and then he says, I can't eat this. I said, what do you mean you can't eat this? He said, do you know when this, what this says on the expiration? I said, no, but popcorn doesn't go bad. At least in my life, popcorn doesn't go bad. I said, you're going to cook it in the microwave. It's going to be fine. Nope, it says 2011 or 2012. I need it. I did. He popped I it. I would. He ate a couple handfuls and said, I think this is going to make me sick. And he gave me the rest of the bowl. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, he said, I don't think this you gotta is good. Love him. I don't, it's honestly, so, he's dude, very They sensitive. put these expiration no. dates on there so that you will say, I'm not going to. So you'll go out and buy right. popcorn yeah. again. And I got it at Costco. You know, so it's like a box of 100. <laughs> oh, I know and, that. I've got that box before. Yeah, the Orville Red and Sure, right. Yeah. It's good you popcorn. Know, right, it's fine. So, I've outkicked that expiration date as well. Stop it. It's yeah. fine. Uh, but no, he's like, I, I gotta get sick. I got here. You could finish it. They don't put that on there, man. It's they're, bad. They're, they're he says it's bad because it's something got... fresh, maybe you know, yeah. it, milk or meat, of or course. Chicken. Yeah, but something like popcorn, Mm-mm. you can take you can take popcorn kernels that they left over from the Mayflower and pop them up into popcorn. <laughs> I don't think so, but he won't eat it. What about popped popcorn? Well, that gets stale. That gets stale, yeah. Because like I oil, re- well, get rancid. I received one of those tins yeah. of pop popcorn and a giant Yankee tin, mm-hmm. and it's in my office. That was for my birthday. What year? Last year. Oh, but it's still in my like. I ate half of it, but the other half is still there. I haven't opened it up in mm, the it's past chewy. year. It'll be a little chewy. You want to try it? I will. I will. See, yeah, I, I don't will. get sick like that, but you know, he is very sensitive stomach, very sensitive constitution. Well, I can understand if you're sensitive to things that are. Beginning to spoil. It's bad. He either it says he looks at the date. It's bad. It's it could be salad dressing. It could be you know something that's not even opened. Right. Oil and vinegar. It, Oil and vinegar is not going to go oh, bad. On here you. we go. See, this is I'm going to get in trouble now. See, I'm just asking. He says, you know, I had an unopened 
salad dressing. And he was looking around for a salad dressing. So I said, go in the pantry. There's one. And he says, I'm not eating this. I said, what do you mean you're not eating it? it look at the date on this. It's not, I said, it's not even opened. You know, it's got that paper wrapper as well as. It's sealed. You have to. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, nope. it's sealed. Nope. Won't eat it. I'm eating it. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not sick. Punch the expiration date off of that. <laughs> I think that if, you know, if I put it in a, you know, a mason jar so he didn't see the expiration date, he would eat it fine. He's not eating anything out of a mason jar. No, probably not. If you yeah. said, hi, I bought this at the farmer's market and and you handed it to him oh, and it was in no. a mason jar. Oh, no, Your no. husband is not. We, he won't. He's not eating it. No question. He won't eat it. How about honey? Would he eat honey? He will. He will eat honey. Because no expiration date on it. And honey doesn't go bad. He knows that. Honey is one of those foods that never goes bad. Okay. He understands that. But if it has an expiration date, he he, he abides what by about, the expiration What if it's a, a bag of rice? Does that have an expiration? I, I Probably everything has expiration dates on it because yeah. the food processors want you to throw it away, dispose of it, and, and buy, buy a new, a new bag. Mm-mm. He won't eat it. <laughs> uh, I think it has some... He was brought up that way because yeah. my sister-in-law... His sister, he only has one sibling. She apparently has told me stories where she will go through and throw everything out in the freezer. I'm like, it's it's frozen. Yeah. It's it's a steak. You know, if it's not freezer burned, if it's not yucky, it's fine. You're gonna put it on the grill. Or you're gonna, you know, it doesn't de- make it a does- pot roast. It doesn't it's- decompose. It's like a climber oh, on the top of Mount Everest who got same. by, uh, fell off an ice sheet, and she his was. body's up there. You can go up there 20 years later, and he still looks like he's, yeah. uh, you know, he's frozen. Right. Uh, no. So when she told me that, I thought this must have been the way they were brought up. Maybe because the two of them like are like the yeah. expiration king and queen of expiration. Throw crap out. You could throw away a lot of food unless you watch. I it. I have to watch him because otherwise, if I'm not watching, sometimes he's like you know pitching stuff. I'm like whoa 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 whoa. whoa. Give it he, to the food bank or something because they'll don't. use it. Yeah, he sounds like he shouldn't be left alone a lot. <laughs> I I saw something in a Tupperware that I thought was yucky. You know, for me to think it's yucky, it has to be really like past the point of no return. A little fuzz on it. Yeah, that right. stink. It did. It was like some old tomato paste or something. Yeah, yeah, small yeah, little okay, sure. So I said, "Hi, is this good?" And I opened it, and he's like, "Oh, oh, it had mold. Oh, oh no, throw it away." And he said, "I think you should throw the Tupperware too." Well, let me ask you a question. I got a break. <laughs> so you got a wedge. You got a wedge of cheese. All right, you got a, some Parmesan. Uh, okay, uh, right. Have... It's got a little bit of green on cut it. Cut it off and do eat you throw it. the whole wedge away. Just cut the. Does do you uh, cut it away? What I do and what he does are vastly different. I cut the piece off and then I eat the cheese. Fine, but he won't. He's like, I think that's turned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's spoiled. It's turned. It's yucko. He it's will not. Penicillin. Yeah, he's like, I donate said, it to the food bank. Just put it in a box and take it to the food bank. They're not going to take my old wedge of Parmigiano Reggiano or whatever it is. They might. No, I don't think. Well, so. they're going to take your can of tomato sauce, or they're going to take your the salad dressing. your salad dressing. They certainly they might. will. I don't know. We should call they Greg Higgerson. I don't know if he'll take. They don't. That. No, they don't. No, if it's sealed. You got a can of garbanzos that says 1977. As long as it's not exploded, <laughs> they'll take it. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Real Radio Orlando on Facebook. Brought to you by Seacoast Bank. See why local is better by visiting seacoastbank.com. Better by all accounts since 1926. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Phillips File on Real Radio. Spanning the world wide web to bring you the constant variety of sound. 
that thrill of victory. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And the agony of defeat. Chicken Tetrazzini. The sound of human drama captured in a world where everything is recorded. It's time to hear what's in Jack's audio file. Now that popcorn went bad. It's got an aftertaste. Let's hear what's in Jack's audio file. Uh, Jim, there's a lot going on. How do you enjoy that popcorn? I did. It was gross. What do you mean you didn't? That was it's, it's past its prime. It's not quite a year old. It's it's way past its no, prime. It's you didn't seal it correctly. It might have been two years old. You should have <laughs> wrapped it up and put a twisty tie on it. That yeah. was that's what happened. Or transferred it into a zippy bag. But after a month, I was kind of over it. I ate it for about a month, mm-hmm. but uh, I appreciate the gift, and it's a giant uh, collectible Yankees container. So keep the container, but that popcorn has got to go. You got it, Mo. All right, moving on. There's a lot of audio going, and uh, let's take a listen here. A 10-minute-long video. This is an encounter with Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg with uh, Lake Mary PD. Uh, we have the video posted at realradio.fm. And basically, he was asking for some... It kind of goes on because it's 10 minutes long, but asking for some professional courtesy. And he said, if it was the police chief, would you give him a ticket? And goes, it depends on the situation. He's a chucklehead. Yeah, if it was the sheriff, I think you'd handle it differently. I don't believe the sheriff would be speeding in his own county. Ouch! Touche! I don't believe the sheriff would be speeding in his own Ouch! In your face, Joel. In fact, it was Joel Greenberg, the tax collector, who pulled over a citizen for speeding. Correct. And gave her a warning. For some reason. Well, I mean, just the fact that Joel Greenberg, the tax collector, as the story was reported, put lights on his car. You know, and people don't know any better. They think it's the cops, and he's pulling somebody over. And, uh, you know, if he said, hey, I'm the tax collector, somebody should have said, well, you know, kiss my ass and should have just drove driven off. Mm -hmm. Well, he also instituted open carry in the tax collector office. Oh, brother. Um, You know, he had a a run-in with a, a Seminole County a commissioner where he made a scene at uh, at uh, a commission meeting. It, 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 he's a bizarre cat. Every time we talk about him, we get a bunch of texts about people who know him. And um, what's I, on his Facebook page? Does he have some photographs? Oh, he's got a, like a selfie with him and Roger Stone. Okay, they're okay. That's kind of your said. your fringe right wing and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. You're kidding me? No. Mm-hmm. That right-wing nationalist goofball? Correct. Who basically got ostracized when he was kind of condoning pedophilia. Really, Joel? That's who uh, your friends are? Those are your chums, huh? Okay, good luck with that, bub. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs> Barney Fife. Mm-hmm. Citizens arrest. I need some I need some professional courtesy here. You don't understand I'm the tax collector. Yeah, we understand plenty. I'm okay, plenty. you're the tax collector. Ask me if I give it. Oh, boy. You, you know what I'm saying? That. Yeah, okay. Sign here. Sign ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so here well, we go. In the video, does he look like a pompous ass? Because what the, the, uh, you, the now the video we have, it's kind of it's. I don't know if it's from another car or maybe it's from where the car is parked uh-huh. because the visual isn't isn't great. But uh, you can see the officer. Thank God for stuff. those body cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Joel Greenberg. Yeah. Why do we want body cameras? Content for this. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, so, you never know. I mean, he, he could have a completely different story and say, let's 100%. roll the videotape. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of lets everyone know the what actually <laughs> happened. Greenberg. What actually happened today 
in court was sentencing for uh, Larry Nasser, the uh, former doctor uh, accused no, or convicted yeah. of uh, sexually assaulting. I think the number is now over 165 mm. young women, female gymnasts. Well, I don't know if a number of women have come forward. I don't know if they were essentially in the state complaint against him. Right. And this was a sentencing hearing. He's also already been convicted and sentenced for possession of child pornography. The judge uh, gave all victims. Uh, she was very uh, 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 pro-victim and said, you know, she talked about all the interview requests she had. She said she's not interested in doing any interviews after the uh, uh, any appeals are heard. The only interview she would consider is if she was uh, only a, at the side of a victim because she said this is not her story to tell. This is their story to tell, and here is a little clip from the sentencing today. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years, which is 2,100 months. 2,100 months, Damn. 175 years on top of his advanced age. Or how old is he, Mel? I don't know, 50 something. Yeah, he's so. a he's a he's a danger to society. Here's and, and, and uh, but and I keep saying this is the way you know these pedal these. Pedophiles are wired that way. I don't. If you can't make it right to victims of something like this, this is something not. that changes their lives, their, their psyche, whether it's anxiety, how they act, how they relate, the rest of their lives forever altered. Well, but let if, this be a lesson to other adults. You need to listen to your children and you need to pay attention, you know, whether it's uh, the gymnastics coach or the ballet instructor or the Boy Scout group troop leader. You've got to start paying attention to what your children are saying about this. Your 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 responsibility, whether you're a coach or a parent, is to protect children. And they didn't do it in this case. When there were complaints about him, they didn't pay it any attention. Shame on them. Right. As the, well. The victims, 165 plus, mm-hmm. will remember what he did to them for the rest of their of lives. But what they do have... For the rest of their lives, whenever they know, whenever they think about that, they also know that he is behind bars and will be for the rest of their lives and the rest of his life. So, mm-hmm. you know, they. It's you not know, much consolation. It's, but it's not, some. but it's. It, there's nothing else to give them outside of restitution. And speaking of which, I don't believe Dr. Uh, Nasser or Larry Nasser has any uh, money left in his estate. However, uh, restitution to the victims is something. The, the judge was for, but waived court costs for Nasser because she said any money should go to the victims. The state and their, their county will be fine. We'll, they'll get by. They'll manage somehow is what she said. But any money that can be retrieved should go to the victims. Right. So good on her. Uh, let's move on. Hey, Jim, you know the Pro Bowl is coming, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited right here. about this. Yes, yeah. indeed. You, well, you know who benefits uh, on, say, uh, on events like this? Area businesses. Sure. And people f- try and find different ways to uh, promote their business. One is a burger joint in town that has a celebrity owner, a couple of them. You're oh, familiar yeah, with I know it? which one. Yep. Yeah, Wahlberg. Well, you got it, Jimmy. They Wahlberg. opened a second one. However, Dine here. Oh, eat here. Dine eat here. Eat my burgers. <laughs> eat here. Uh, <laughs> oh, Southie. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg shot a video, and he's, of course, welcoming the Pro Bowl uh, uh, Pro Bowl fans 
to the city. He put it out there. But there's something he says at the end of the video, uh, which is kind of cool. So let's take a quick listen to uh, Mark Wahlberg here. Welcome to Orlando and the Pro Bowl. I'm Mark Wahlberg, and I'd like to invite you to come visit us at Wahlburgers on South Orange, right near the stadium. Right near the stadium. Right near the stadium. They have another uh, location uh, on the east side of town. But uh, this is how he finishes up the video. Here. I'd also like to give a shout out to the co-national champion UCF for their remarkable undefeated season. Congratulations, guys. That's what we do. You can get a God burger bless. at uh, Wahlburgers. It only costs a million and a half dollars. I'll <laughs> try a new chowder burger. All right, that, Mark uh, Wahlberg. didn't go anywhere. I thought no. it was a pretty good joke. Yeah. Yeah. No. Acknowledging yeah. the uh, national right. champion status of UCF, co-national co-national champions. Cha- million well, and a half dollars. If you have your national champion and I have mine, we'll call them co-national co- champions. Mm-hmm. There you okay. go. That's one way to solve the issue what i do find interesting in the video i posted at realradio.fm you click on the phillips file you can see our videos there but for a man who makes his living and quite a nice living i'm not sure there's only maybe a very short list of celebrities who get paid more for movies Mm -hmm. than mark Wahlberg. is he wearing something schleppy you know not only that mo but even if it is cell phone video the framing of the shot it, it just looks like it's like it looks like he woke up, did it in his kitchen. You're looking at like the top of the cabinets and stuff. It's like, come on, Mark, you know, compose a shot. Come on, Mac. What do you want him in a football helmet? I like just, the mayor. I just want <laughs> something. See that that's... photo? No. <laughs> looks like a character out of Star Trek <laughs> sitting Buddy? at his desk with the helmet on, a football helmet. <laughs> no. <laughs> you gotta love him. Uh, speaking of videos, putting on helmets never works out for people. Hey, so stop I had one. Just ask Mike Dukakis. Yeah, see, that's what I think Am of. Am I right? Okay, take it a listen. Fit. It didn't fit. Take a listen. Tell me what you hear. Okay, uh-huh. you you tell me what you hear. Videos on the website. What? Couldn't make that out at all. No. Okay. I don't. I don't know what that is. I'm at gonna. All. I'm gonna give you narrow it down a little here. Is it somebody watching TV? TV is on because she's exercising to it. The video you can see, this is a woman exercising in front of a video, Mm -mm. and her Achilles Mm -mm. tendon snaps. Don't don't talk about it, because Bateman will throw up. I talked to him about this earlier today, because they said, you know, maybe you ought to think about a nursing profession. You can work anywhere in the world if you're a nurse, and Bateman was ready to hurl, because he heard the news junkie talking about this. Oh, man, I got weak. I'm not listening. But the sound, but listen to the sound, because you can hear it. No, you can't. Oh, it's over. Oh, it's over. Okay, wait. It's over here, but here. I got it down to just the Achilles set. Listen. Okay. Oh. 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 You actually hear it go, you know, snap. Makes my tendon Another reason not to exercise. Yeah. I'm saying. Stop. (laughs) Stop. That's just it. It, It's separated. (laughs) Yeah, you can see the video at realradio.fm. Did she crumble? Oh, she went down like a sack of potatoes. And then her little kid comes in with ice and stuff. You know, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, because she was in pain. Oh, man, that stinks. Uh, Let's move on, shall we, to (laughs) something that won't um, hurt their ears and their sensibilities. Uh, North Korea, still a threat. Uh, North Korea, uh, Lester Holt went there. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? You catch that on the news? Yeah, I did. Some yeah. of it. He said he was treated well there. Oh, duh. Okay. Right? 
Not a shock, right? Right. However, I remember Eric Bowling. Bol- is it Bowling? Bowling? Bowling. The guy from Fox News who, who got was, fired. Who got fired. Yeah, yes. for sending uh, photographs of his yets yeah. to uh, oh. female employees at Fox. Right. I lost money on he, that He one. goes off on a tweet about, uh, you know, uh, Lester Holt saying he was treated fairly, you know, uh, treated fairly there or respectfully there. Right. And he's like... Uh, you know, why don't you tell that to Otto Warmbier's parents? I'm sure, you know, this and that. And so he goes off on a rant about that. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Just more Fox News. Even though he doesn't work there, just more, you know, right-wing nonsense. Is that a tough year? Yeah, they he had like thousands of people liking that. I mean. Well, his, com- his son committed su- or died of a drug overdose. Yeah, he, suicide. he is you? involved with the uh, opioid uh, uh, battle against opioid abuse. He was a chucklehead. Yeah. It apparently still is. On Fox. He was. Real greaseball. Mm. Yep. He's having a tough year. Uh, all right. So we move on. Went to Rollins College, as a matter of fact. I think on a baseball scholarship. Really? Points. Yeah. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on North Korea, uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo was talking to CBS News about where they, at least publicly, will say North Korea's nuclear program stands. Here's 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 what we can say. We, we can always identify that the program is continuing. We'll never know the exact nature of what's taking place. Uh, we'll never know the exact moment that they're going to continue. Uh, but the core risk that the policymakers needed to know was that uh, North Korea's nuclear weapons program is continuing to expand, advance, become more powerful, more capable, more reliable. Each of those things uh, had been shared with policymakers. So- All right. How far away do you think they are? He actually does give it a time frame. You ready for it? What do you think? They're already there. Well, I don't think... See, here's the deal. You wonder what they truly believe and then what they say publicly. Because was it the 60 Minutes who interviewed the the, uh, scientist who was going over there and went over several years ago and then went over recently? Right. And, you know, kind of said, well, they really pretty much have everything they need. Exactly. Mm Exactly. Um, here is Mike Pompeo, CIA director, talking about the timetable that he thinks it, until North Korea uh, is has a nuclear weapon. A handful of months. I hope to be able to say it a year from now as well. The United States government is working diligently to extend that timeline. So a handful of months. You're not going to stop it. Why would they give it up? How? Do, what leverage they, do you have to get them this? Yeah, yeah. they're not going to stop it. They, they, they just... This is a regime that does not, simply just doesn't want to be messed around with. They want to be a player at the table, and you're not going to be able to stop the, you know, their desire to develop nuclear weapons or even missiles that can reach the United States. It's just a fact of life. And with sanctions, when you have whether it's Russia mm-hmm. or China, yeah. kind of undermining the efforts, it's like one parent putting you in a timeout and the other parent bringing you food China and everything has, you need. China has no desire to do anything about North Korea, right? China doesn't want millions of of North Korean refugees flooding into China. It's not in their best interest. And plus, China, the way they see it, it's a thorn in our side. You know, they say, you know, we don't have to worry about messing around with them so much. Let North Korea do it, and uh, we'll get on with other things like building uh, roads and bridges and high-speed bullet trains and, you know, moving the economy along at 7%. Wow, (laughs) 7%. I don't know if it's that high anymore. Jim Stephen Colbert last night, uh, you know, uh, his mantra has been since election night, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, not different last night. 
Stormy Daniels is the newest uh, quill. Wait, what? what a quiver? No. What's what's the yeah. thing that holds your arrows? Yeah, quiver. That's your quiver. Uh huh. Is a quill the arrow or no? Newest arrow in your quiver? About right. thorn in the saddle. I don't know. Oh, thor- thor- no. thorn. Thorn in your side. Thorn on your side. Under your saddle. Yeah, right. Something. Thank a you. Burr. We got to figure it, it out. A burr? A burr under your saddle, too. Yeah, I've heard oh, that. Yeah, too burr. Many. Ah, good job, cowboy. All right. Oh, anyway, man. here he is <laughs> with the latest on Stormy. Mm. There's one conservative Christian out there who is willing to talk about this story, and that's Tony Perkins. Perkins said that when it comes to the Stormy Daniels controversy... We kind of gave him, all right, you, you, you get a mulligan. You get a, you get a do-over here. Yes, a mulligan. <laughs> because marriage is like golf. Both things Trump claims to love, but constantly cheats on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so evangelicals, you know, how do you rationalize it? Eh, we'll give them a mulligan. They give them a pass because the, their their concern for so many of them is, is abortion, abortion, abortion. Mm-hmm. Didn't they give them a mulligan when with the Access Hollywood tape? They give them a, yeah. they give them a pass all the time. Oh, I see. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, says uh, claims that. Uh, mm. That the president is a changed man. Uh, You know, they look for any rationale they can to say, hey, the only thing we're interested in, put some more Supreme Court justices on there. We want Roe v. Wade overturned or turned around. Jim, finally, uh, let's wrap it up with uh, you guys still are kind of going over your Super Bowl bet. I don't think you and Pinkman have settled on anything yet. No, no, I'm, I'm even trying to decide whether I want to watch the game. I'm not fascinated with either team. I don't believe you have any smart speakers. I am a huge fan. Have them at home. Have them at work. Use them all the time. It's how uh, one of the ways I listen to real radio. I say, Alexa, play real radio 104.1. Alexa, volume 10. <laughs> I'm doing that for our law. Our Picking up everything right that goes on in that house. Yep. Listening to you 24-7. Probably right. There's other things you can ask Alexa, you know. Alexa. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Oh, God. I'm rooting for the Eagles. They've never won the Super Bowl, and I like a good underdog story. Oh. Fly, Eagles, fly. I don't like to, I'd like to smash yeah. first. Alexa, the guy that asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, now she's got an opinion. You know, normally she says, oh, I can't. I couldn't decide that or something. So yeah. anyway, Real Radio, oh, you're my. right, Mo. You're, they actually, you know, commit to something there. Uh, Real Mobile, uh, 77031 for your text. On our website at realradio.fm, you got the, the video of Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg using his position to try and get out of a ticket. You also have video of the lady in their Achilles tendon ah, yeah, yeah. snapping and the Mark Wahlberg video as well. And I believe C-Lane just posted Elton John tour days, yeah. tour dates. He uh, said, announced that he is uh, going to be no longer touring once he's done with the current tour. And so if you want to see him, he will be coming around one more time. Get the dates on our website, realradio.fm. Thank you, Jack. Uh, expired food and the Weather Channel upcoming on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the news, here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. There is a two-legged cow in Indonesia that walks like a human. Ah, yes. The world's first bipedal bovine. Next, a freshman at Missouri State University accidentally swiped left on a fellow student named Claudia, so he emailed every Claudia at the school to find her and ask her out. It worked out and they went out for donuts. I guess not all millennials are lazy after all. Finally, a new study shows that having a cold nose could mean you're working too hard. Ha. Huh. Pinkman's nose must always be warm then. Headlines were brought to you by Filutowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. Go to myvisionfreedom.com. End transmission. Real
Radio 104.1 wants to put a grand in your hand. Your next chance to text in and win is at the top of the hour. Brought to you by Sarah Lee Artisano Bakery Buns. From... You're listening to The Phillips File. Real Radio. 100 of the Weather Channel, he's uh, passed away. And uh, God, where did I, I think I read maybe in his obit that half of the population of the United States tunes into the Weather Channel at least once a month. Especially when something nasty's taking place someplace else, or maybe even in your own uh, community. I mean, it's very helpful. But that's when I go to. I mean, it. I'd rather watch a blizzard in the Northeast than watching a hurricane approaching Central Florida. Mm. But at least you get the information you need. That's come along. And who's the uh, who's the uh, storm chaser who died suddenly? Oh, um, parents said, "Oh my God, who was so pot?" I don't even know who. Joel this- Taylor, who was in the documentary series Storm Chasers, 38? died yesterday. Thirty-eight years old. His friend shared the news well. on social media. The cause is unclear at this time, although it's not related to storm chasing. They right. do say that. They get sucked up into a tornado. No, no, he didn't get any of that. No. Uh, you know, his friends are, of course, shocked. I mean, th- 38 years old and he's gone. I wonder if you could put yourself into a gig- you know, a giant foam rubber ball and just yeah. wait to be sucked up into one of these, you know, with a camera, mm-hmm. you know, and it lands and, uh, you know, as long as it does, doesn't land on a church steeple or telephone pole. Oh, yeah. Like your hurricane uh, ball idea? Yeah, but it's more foam rubber. I mean, it would it would eventually you know land and it might bounce twenty five times. Oh, yeah, you couldn't really adjust it, right? You can't steer it or mm-hmm. put just, the brakes yeah, on. Or it just it just bounces. This guy uh, Taylor studied meteorology at the University of Oklahoma. Went on to track tornadoes uh-huh. for the Storm Chaser program, and he died yesterday, I think, at thirty eight years old. John Coleman was a climate change denier. As is guy the son. co-founder of the Weather Channel. He was a meteorologist. He was on TV in Los Angeles and other parts of the, and, and very popular wherever he was the weather person. But uh, till his dying day, and his son as well, I hear they they they, they don't buy into it. Uh-huh. Well, I changed my mind. Mm-mm. And Minnesota Public Radio has released some. Details about Garrison Keeler (laughs) detailing the sexual misconduct allegations that led to the firing of that guy from Prairie Home Companion. NPR's president revealed that uh, Garrison Keeler was fired after a former colleague came forward with accusations of dozens of sexually inappropriate incidents Ah. that happened over a number of years. Garrison Keeler. The woman's lawyer even provided emails, little excerpts uh, of emails and other messages requesting sexual contact. 
and describing sexual acts. Yeah, because it's a world where these guys just thought because of their power, hey, nothing's ever going to happen to me. It's always going to be the same. Here's the culture that I operate in. Probably didn't think about it one way or the other, other than say, hey, I'm Garrison Keeler, and I can email and say anything I want to anybody, and and I'll never be held accountable, mm-hmm. along with the rest of these uh, tools. <laughs> And also from the uh, entertainment file, we talked about Elton John, his last concert series. Well, I it's think actually going to be popcorn. It's really gone bad. It's yeah, a one piece it's, of popcorn. It's, it's not going to turn old. you upside down. I know, but I had pepper steak for lunch, and now I got some of this. Oh, it's really churning in there. Yeah, what is pepper steak? Oh, it's good over rice. Mm. It's like beef stew, but not. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's kind of saucy. It's a peppery green pepper uh, tasting steak and peppers steak with gravy over rice. Oh, that was really good. Well, I will add to the... 895 L- at Linda's. No kidding. Uh, Pearl Jam Where is announcing... the annou- media elite needs yeah. to eat. Pearl Jam is announcing... We'd Jim- like to welcome a new sponsor today. Yeah. Pearl Jam is announcing <laughs> its first hometown Seattle show mm-hmm. in five years. Ooh. Apparently titled The Home Shows. The stadium concerts are scheduled to take place in August of this year at Safeco Field in Seattle. The band has committed to donate at least a million dollars in proceeds to help wow. combat homelessness in Seattle. Oh, good for them. With the they ultimate goal, ten, 10 million by the end of the year, that's their goal. So does Portland. Huge problem with the homeless. Pearl Jam. They're from Seattle, right? Were they mm-hmm. the what, one of the grunge bands, or what was their... Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. early 90s? Yeah, that came to an end, just like this hipster look is coming to an end. Oh, boy. I've now declared it over. The beard's done. Pinky. The beard's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to grow a beard, and I'm, you know, I'm like going to march else. to the tune of my own sure. drummer. And you look like everybody else. But that's go it happens with every generation generation, it seems. Everybody has a look and they buy into the look and then you look around and say, Hey, why does everybody here at Will's Pub look just like me? Mm-hmm. Not that I have anything against Will's Pub. I'm not trying really? to denigrate them in any form or fashion. Mm. Yeah, I'm drinking a PBR and I'm a oh, everybody's drinking PBR. By the way, I've not given up on the thought of uh, doing some special programming on Wednesdays about the opioid crisis. You don't hear too much about it anymore locally. You don't. Um, Uh, And I I don't know what I don't I don't know what the status is. And I'm just trying to I'm uh, I'm leery of getting politicians on the air because usually politicians take a, a negative, which is the opioid crisis. And try to spin it into a positive. Well, we're doing this and we're doing that. And we set up this program. I need facts and figures. I, I need to somewhere along the line, where are we? You know, the number of emergency responses, the number of overdoses, the number of uh, overdose deaths. 90 to 120 Americans are dying every day, every day from a drug overdose. That's dying. There's no telling how many have uh, have overdosed and have uh, have been have been you know essentially brought back to life so that's i'm t- i'm trying to track down some people who would be best to uh to get on the air i think maybe the first thing to do maybe flip it around and maybe get some recovering addicts or just to tell their story how did it all began, what yeah. they went through. The, well, I think you need an expert, and then I think you need anecdotal stories. Well, so. I think the stories are first. And then if you get the stories, then you can get some experts on and say, yeah, but mm-hmm. you, know, you, know how, you, know how it, you know how it works with, with politicians, whether they're running for office, running for re-election, you looking for a higher this, office. Yeah. They say, well, but we're doing the best, and you have to understand that yakety yak, you know, they always, they look, that's my experience. And uh, it's ever so 
tiresome. I don't know whether anybody has any facts and figures. Well, certainly. I mean, well, I mean, really? the city of Orlando might have facts and figures that don't tie into Orange County. And uh, does anybody, is there a five-county uh, task force? I know there's a heroin mm. tr- task force in Orange County headed up by... Uh, by um, Jerry Demings? No, no, no. no. Uh, Teresa Jacobs. Oh, oh, oh. And I look at their website. There's nothing on that website that tells me anything other than we set up some committees... And and we're you know and we have a name for you know a program, mm-hmm. and that and that's about it. If you were trying to go to the heroin task force of Orange County to try to ascertain or determine for yourself the extent of the problem that we have in Orange County, you're not getting it off that website. No, 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 no. They might say, "Well, that's not our purpose." Right. I'm just trying to deter. You don't. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's. I don't know if it's become so matter of fact about drug overdoses and the responses by police and fire departments and rescue first responders, Medical, so to speak, yeah. mm-hmm. that it's just, it's just. Well, we have to start somewhere. It's just, I, I know it's a big problem, and I know it might be hard to wrap your hands around I in one interview. A, I don't know if it's a big problem. Well, texters are suggesting, wow, uh, so many. Well, other, okay. Then text me a suggestion, and, and, we'll, look, and we'll look them okay. over, and I'll, I'll try to go from there. But that's, I'm just trying to be honest about where I want to start with this. Mm-hmm. And my plan was just to take Wednesday, the first 30 minutes of every Wednesday, every week, and have one person, not a panel, not a bunch of people, just one person. And uh, here, where are we, and what are we doing about this, and what kind of struggle is this? Will I ever get a handle on it? Tell me your story. I just don't. I just like to shy away from that political stuff because they're basically in it for themselves. No matter what they tell you, they are. Mm-hmm. They're trying to shine their own apple. I'm sure, there and, are rehab places that would have be able to point us in the right direction. It might be rehab. Might be. I don't know. I, I just don't know yet. Texture says more people died in 2016 from opioids than died in the Vietnam War. That's absolutely true. Wow! If you do the math, we have three sixty five by one hundred. A mental health professional. That's in. a good one too. He like he said he'd love to talk. Him and his spouse both lost their previous spouses to opioids. Oh yeah. my goodness! I mean, we know a lot of the stories about how people got you know with the pill mills and all that kind of stuff, and they may may have started on oxycotton or whatever because of legitimate pain, pain right, right? And right. then just got addicted to pain, went to the pill mills. That got out of control, even though we were talking about it well before anybody did anything about it in, in Central Florida. Then the state cracked down on the pill mills, and we said, well, guess what's going to happen next? Gonna people can't it. get yep. their hands on these pills. They are addicted. They're going to go to something else, and they go to heroin. Then they go to heroin with a mixture of fentanyl, and, uh, and you have a major crisis. A bigger crisis, maybe, than you had just with the pill mills. Anyway, that's where we are. If you have some suggestions, you can email Mo or... Uh, email oh, Jack yes. or text us, and we'll try to gather some information. I'm trying to get this together. Mm-hmm. I like to do that, you know, 30 minutes every Wednesday, once a week, and, uh, you know, spend some of that time before uh, before the end of the year comes to a close. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.
Phillips filed for a Wednesday. There we go. Here is uh, Nadia on Real Radio. Go ahead, Nadia. Hi there. Hello. Um, thank you for taking my call, first of all. Sure. And, um, I want to preface this call with saying that I'm a former substance abuse counselor with Aspire Health Partners, which is one of the um, biggest uh, treatment and resource um, centers for substance abuse in Central Florida. Okay. We know Aspire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I want to say one of the, I think, biggest problems is, first of all, systemic pro- poverty, which is very prevalent um, across Florida, across the United States. We know that there's a poverty problem in victim blaming, which is a thing our society loves to do. So when we have addicts, especially with the opioid crisis, people love to blame these people for all the wrongs. But um, the prevalence that um, addicts and opioids use are that they've, uh, they grew up in poverty and they were victims of trauma and abuse and neglect as childhood is really high. So these people are actually victims that our society loves to blame, loves to say, why don't you get a job, why don't you get better, but they need a lot wait of help. Wait a minute, hold on, wait, 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 time, oh, take a deep breath. You're telling me that the number of opioid abusers, addicts, is higher among lower uh, poverty, uh, people in, living in poverty in the United States? I thought it covered everybody. I thought, I, I thought it, I thought it didn't matter your socioeconomic background as it relates to opioid addiction. It doesn't, but um, research shows that people that grow up in poverty or in low socioeconomic status are more likely to become addicts. I don't. Um, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, well, t- I, I don't. I don't happen to believe that right now. With all, with all due respect, I just, I just don't. I don't. I, I let me say, I don't know if that's true. I'll it's, take your word for it, but I'm not sure if that's. Could true. Could we say it's one of the factors? Poverty, meaning maybe one of the factors that you know you find anecdotally. Uh, yeah. Then why isn't everybody living in poverty, uh, 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 drug abusers, or addicted to opioids? A lot of them are. You know, I would question what the statistics show, too, and how accurate they are, because I don't know how many people, like, pop up into statistics if a lot of them are homeless, yeah, living on the streets, and a lot of them aren't receiving the help that they need. Yeah, but a lot of, well, okay, I'll, I don't I don't know where to go with that. Somewhere along the line, I, uh, some, an inner voice tells me you don't know what you're talking about. Here's Steve on Real Radio. Go ahead, Steve. Jim, I'm so glad to hear that you're still on the air. I really appreciate your call, uh, take, taking my call. Yeah. Um, I, uh, after two bouts of cancer, I was prescribed a large, large dose of oxycodines and, uh, really enjoyed them, uh, for the first few weeks. They, they helped on my situation. And, uh, luckily enough, my wife was in the medical field and she was like, take, take it easy and you're going to get hooked on these. And I did. Yeah. I, I, it, it, unbelievable. It, it was it was crazy. They felt made me feel really good. Right. Well, stop right there. Let me ask you a question. Uh, when I think about people in this opioid crisis, I mean, I've had my fair share when I was a younger man messing around with stuff. But the question I have is: Did you, is do people get involved in opioids because they want to get high? Or do people have a problem with opioids because they start, whether they wanted to get high or whether they took uh, these uh, substances to, uh, to shield them against pain? Get relief, and yeah. what, bo- what, what gets them so much is the fear of withdrawal because withdrawal is so extreme and painful. Well, well the, good question, Jim. You know, I, I, as a young man, partied a lot, too, and had a lot of fun doing that and hadn't done that in years. And 
I took these because I was in pain for my surgeries. Okay. And, uh, you know, they made me feel better. Uh, I don't know if they made me feel high. I guess they did make me feel high so I could forget about the pain that I had. Mm -hmm. And at any point in time, did you say, all right, I was listening to my wife. I'm going to cut. I got to cut down on the amount of these pills that I'm taking. And if you did that, what happened? Draws were were incredibly bad. I felt like someone was strangling my neck for like three days. And I expressed it to everybody I knew. I was like, I wasn't going to hide it because I I knew I I didn't want to be an addict on this stuff. Nobody, 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 nobody decides to become an addict. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course not. Uh, But it's terrible. And and. You're right. And then I went to my general physician that didn't deal with my my surgeries from my other doctor. And he's like, I don't care if you're the pope or a priest or anybody. I would never prescribe these to anybody. They're 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 lethal. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, uh, for whatever reason, however, for whatever reason, people get addicted to these substances, whether they move on from uh, pill painkillers to uh, heroin because they can't get as many pills as they used to. And uh, many people will tell you that heroin is a lot cheaper than these pain pills, Oxycontin and the rest that they can pick it up for a fraction of the cost. And uh, but it's the withdrawal. You know, you can say it to yourself a hundred times a day. I'm going to cut. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop doing this. And then your body reacts to with to with to withdrawal, and is so severe and so painful in itself. What are you going to do? What are you just going to tell yourself? Well, I'll just you know, I'll just uh, just work my way through this. It doesn't happen that way. It's so bad. It was so. E- it's easier to uh, to give you yourself another another shot of it. Here's more anecdotal evidence on the uh, what a problem this is. I don't think in all the years we had our texting service, it's ever generated more text than this topic. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I want to do it. I just don't know where to start. And maybe we can have a sit down and just maybe just, okay, let's just take this one person. And then when that, that interview yeah. is over, it's, give us a name. Mm. Who do you think we ought to talk to? And just go from there. See where it leads. Yeah. Right. See where it goes. Um, I don't know. I think media-wise, to a degree, it's one of those things the media pays a lot of attention to, and then it 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 fades away. It's the uh, it's the crisis de jour. You know, you know what I mean. I totally. Yeah, you know, we did our stories. We did this. We did that, and now we're moving on to something else. Maybe the national media, and uh, maybe to a larger degree, even the local uh, the local media. Uh, I pay f- fair amount of, of attention to what's going on. Maybe not television news as much as I used to, but certainly the print media. And I don't see a lot of stuff in the print media about whether this crisis continues. This is up. Is it down? Where are we a year from now? Blah, blah, blah. I go to the heroin, Orange County Heroin Task Force website. Uh, Pinkman, maybe you can latch onto that. I don't see anything on there that gives me any information other than they created a task force. Well, big whoop. That's why I want to. Sh- that's why I tend to shy away from politicians because they come on and say, "Well, we got this task force and we got this group, and then we att- we assign these subcommittees and they're studying this and they're studying that and blah blah blah." And by the way, don't forget, I'm running for this office and I'm running for that office or running for reelection, and I'm really working hard to solve this problem. You know, you know that gobbledygook yeah. that comes out of their mouth. 
We're doing our best here in Central Florida to solve a crisis that is affecting so many people across the five-county area. You know, that's why we developed the Central Florida Heroin Task Force, the committee, to look into this, you know, blah, blah, blah. You just want to, you, you almost want to become addicted to something that's so painful. <laughs> it's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. You are listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio. Real Radio! 104.1 And now The Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all going to get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right. You've got that right. The game is closest to the pin. Let's go while we're young. And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips. Sorry about that. Time for that regular round of closest to the pin. I'm playing against Dan. Melissa is the backup. I'll head to the soundproof booth. What's the prize? We have a pair of tickets to see Dan Rather at the Hard Rock Live on March 17th. Tickets are on sale now. Go to realradio.fm keyword tickets for more info. What kind of music does he play? I think it's like... No, no, he doesn't it, play. It's like rock fusion with um, a mandolin and a sitar. What's the frequency, Kevin? Ah. 12. Okay, let's get Dan on board here. Hello, Dan. Hello, Jack. You ready to play? All right, we have a category submitted by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming. It's called The Rock in Rock History. Okay? Guess the year in which these songs with rock in the title were released. I'll give you a song. You give me the year it was released. You got it, Dan? I got it. Let's do it, dude. And we begin. We'll reset the clock and start your round in three, two, one. It was the second single off the album of the same name, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Bands, Like a Rock. 1980. They were once all the buzz. Simon and Garfunkel had a hit with I Am a Rock. 67. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. 1980. Oh, those Friday nights when Susie wore her dresses tight. She was doing Elton John's Crocodile Rock. 75. Off the Scorpions album, Love at First Sting, Rock Me Like a Hurricane. 83. Good job. Put you on hold. Bring Jim back in, record Dan's time of... We haven't done that in a while. No. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm hungry. I'm sorry. I just had an apple. Nerd. No, apple was good. It was good. No, apples are good. You had a bunch of food in that fridge. You you have food to eat? Pinky? Yeah, I have sandwich meats. I'll eat some of that. Mm, that's good for you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim, welcome back. Thank you. Category submitted by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming... He gave us a rock and roll category. I think we had one last week. Here's part two. This is the rock in rock history. Okay. okay. Got it? 
And guess the year. One. Guess the year in which these songs with rock in the title were mm. released. Oh, yeah. I give you a song. You tell me the year it was released. Not you my got real it. House, but I'll try. You'll Here we fine. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't you lose yesterday? I don't. Think I think so. I did. Yeah. Oh boy, tough week for you. Oh, it boy. has been. In three, Not a good two, year. one. It was the second single off the album of the same name, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Bands, Like a Rock. 1981. They were once all the buzz. Simon and Garfunkel had a hit with I Am a Rock. 1969. Put another dime in a jukebox, baby. Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. 1984. Oh, those Friday nights when Susie wore her dresses tight. She was doing Elton John's Crocodile Rock. 1976. Off the Scorpions album, Love at First Sting, Rock Me Like a Hurricane. Oh, that was 1988. Time. Wow. Great thing. Isn't it Rock You Like a Hurricane? I think you went fast. That's all I know. Oh, was it Rock You or? Oh, come on. He said the (laughs) same thing for him. It didn't matter. Never. Rock You Like a Hurricane. (laughs) What? Would you like me to sing more Neil Diamond? No. Sweet Caroline. Jeff, you that low-hanging fruit are you there, Ping? That's <laughs> the only one I know. No, wait. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. That's another one. That what, one's uh, creepy, uh, though. Uh, I, yeah. Then, you don't know that one? Turn no. on your hot light! Oh, God. All right, Jim, you're playing against Dan. Don't yeah. encourage him. Score this game. Thanks, to Brad, for the category. Went to number one on the Billboard charts, Like a Rock by Bob Seger. I believe they sold a lot of... Chevy trucks. They did. Too. Yeah, indeed. Um, Dan said, what year? Well, they were one apart on this one. Mm-hmm. Dan said 80. Jim said 81. Ooh. Oh, 1986. Jim gets the point. There you go, Pop. One nothing. Big fan. You're crushing him. The original version was a solo on the Paul Simon songbook. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel had Uh-oh. a hit with I Am <laughs> a Rock. What year was it released? Dan said. 67. Jim? 69. Off by one year, 1960. Six. Damn. Dan gets the point. It's tie game. Good job, Dan. Mm-hmm. Weird Al Yankovic released a parody, I Love Rocky Road. However, the <laughs> original was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett <laughs> and the Blackhearts. What year did that come out? Dan said. 80. Ooh. Jim. 84. Off by one year. Yeah. 1981. Damn it. Dan gets Dan. the point. It's come two on, one. Dan. Come on. Oh, come here, boy. You're come neck on. and neck on all of them. So it's, you know, either way. What is it? 2-1? It's 2-1. Uh, Announcing uh, today that he will be retiring from touring Elton John, certified platinum on this song, Crocodile Rock. Yeah. What year for the song? Oh. Dan said. 75, and Jim one up to oh. 76. Wrong way. 72, Dan gets the point. It's 3-1. Oh, come to one. on, Daddy-o. Come on, i got to get on the money. You're a, who's a bigger Scorpion fan than you? Jim? <laughs> I can think Hello? of some people, but all right. You know? Uh, what's the song Rock again? You Like a Hurricane. Oh, right, Hurricane. Or as Brad wrote, Rock Me Like a Hurricane. Come on, Brad. Mm. Rock them like a hurricane. Rock us all like Pop a hurricane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Performed Rock by Julie. Me. It was performed by Julianne Huff Come and on, Tom Cruise in the movie Rock I have no Avengers. idea. Come on, Jim. What year baby. for Rock You Like a Hurricane? Be way off. If you're going to get it wrong, Jim, be way off. Dan said. 83. Jim. 88. 86. Jim, Jim gets, gets the point. Not enough. Enough. Dan wins the game. Son of a gun. Dan, a good job. Nice work. Thanks for playing closest uh, to the pin. Remember, close only I blocked him, okay. <laughs> did you try your best? And closest not, to you the did your best. Yes, yes, you were very close on a lot. Not, not, that's not my wheelhouse, so to speak. Right. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? 
<laughs> what are you going to do? What's my eight record now? It is eight wins, four losses. Oh, oh. This is not good. Ooh, just what? like the Orlando Magic. Started out real strong. Yeah, I'm going downhill now. What's my record? You don't want to know. What? Yes, I do. Six and five. Oh, uh, that's not bad. It's not good. Loser. No, I'm still winning. Loser. I'm still winning. <laughs> Loser. All right. LOL. Yeah, hey, we still have that uh, chucklehead uh, Donald Trump thing from yesterday. I tried to play it. I got oh, I got a whole different um, video. Yeah, I like to have that. I went home funny. to show my husband. I said, "You got to see this." And I went to the real radio page and I opened up the Bing 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 uh-huh. thing, and it was like four minutes and fourteen seconds of the same eight second snippet. Yeah, it was a, a different version of it. But yeah, well, he, here you go. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here it is, honey. Here it is. Bing, bing, bang, bang. That's great stuff. Some people are super clever. They are. How long that took to put together? Um. 30 years, maybe? 1-888-978-1041. We'll talk with Scott Maxwell after the break. Of course, Mr. Maxwell writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel all upcoming right after the news, the current events. Let's get an update right now. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. An elementary school in Jacksonville is in some trouble after the song Gucci Gang was played at a school dance. It was apparently the clean version, but the word cocaine managed to slip through. More like little, little pump, am I right? Next, some inmates in Oregon have found new purpose in sewing clothes for premature babies. Not for nothing but this sounds like a charity founded by Michael Scott on The Office. Finally, a Taco Bell employee is no longer a Taco Bell employee after he threw a burrito at his supervisor's face. Sounds like he got a full helping of fired sauce. Ha! Huh. Headlines were brought to you by WeAreNotTheBanks.com And Transmission that's right. If you're uh, in the market for a new home or you want to refinance a home, we are not the banks.com. It's the way to go. They are a direct lender. They're not the banks. They're better. They are mortgages made easy. Uh, regardless of your credit status, they can work with you. They have different loan programs. If you're self-employed, they have a special loan program for you. They specialize in VA loans, so uh, military are welcome to you want to finance a mobile home they can even help with that brad siebert and his team they do it all you find them online at we are not the coming up next on this wednesday edition of the phillips file a conversation with scott maxwell from you're listening to the phillips file on real radio 104.1 
Phillips file for a Wednesday. Every Wednesday at this time, for many, many years, we talk to Scott Maxwell. He writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. lot of things to cover today with Mr. Maxwell. Let's welcome him aboard. Hello there. How are you? I am doing spectacular, Jim. How about yourself? Not bad. Uh, first of all, have you caught up with the Joel Greenberg story, the one where he's trying to talk his way out of a ticket because he's the tax collector? I have watched all 20 minutes of the body cam. And by the way, this which just happens to be just something I wrote about this past Sunday, can we say a little uh, prayer of gratitude for body cams? Sure, of officers? course. Hallelujah, well, my I was going to talk to you about that as well. Well, there's a perfect example where those body yeah. cameras have come in handy. Yep. Uh, to make a long story short, Joel Greenberg, the somewhat controversial tax collector of Seminole County, caught speeding, doing 39, I think, at a 25-mile-an-hour yeah. zone, and uh, pulled over by Lake Mary Police. And Greenberg uh, tries to uh, use his position as tax collector to get a pass on a, par- on a speeding ticket. And uh, congratulations to the Lake Mary Police Department. They said, we don't think they so. They were hearing none of it. Yeah, nope. sorry. And didn't he threaten or somewhat threaten to call the police chief? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, so he, uh, let's see, uh, we've got some of the quotes in the, in the story. You're going to give a constitutional officer a ticket? Are you serious? This is unprofessional. You know this is unprofessional. And then at one point in time, the part that I'm a big fan of, he tells the cop, listen, I'm just trying to stay off the front page of the damn newspaper. Headline, <laughs> headline tax collector gets ticket. This is the kind of political crap I have to deal with. Well, let me tell you something, Joel Greenberg. Nobody's writing crap about you getting a speeding ticket. People get speeding tickets every day in this uh, in this country right. and in this community, including elected officials, including journalists. The only reason it becomes a story is when you try to get out of it. When you say, I'm a constitutional officer, I deserve, quote, professional courtesy. When you say, I'm going to call your police chief, which he did, and then if you watch the video, look down at his phone where it looks like he's going... Hell's bells, I don't have a clue who the police chief is, much less have a phone number <laughs> in my iPhone is what it looks like. And then when you go on to say later that I'm buddies with the sheriff, and then when he says you wouldn't have uh, stopped the sheriff for speeding, would you? And the officer, as you said very politely, says I don't believe the speeding, the sheriff yes. uh, would be speeding in the county. Joel Greenberg's response to that was, oh, yes, he has. I've been with him while he's been speeding. Okay, all right. He, this, this, guy, this guy's so a now bo- he's throwing. Our, our chili eaten buddy, <laughs> the, the sheriff Dennis Lima, under the bus by saying he breaks the law. Oh, this Goldberg, he's a, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a bona fide, uh, yeah, crackpot. Well, I don't want to call him a crackpot, but he's a, you know, he's a, he's just a chucklehead. And this is the same guy. Let's remind everybody who not too long ago put lights on his car or inside his car, turned them on, and pulled a driver over to the side of the road to lecture this driver Uh on speeding. About speeding. That's the part that is wonderful. Uh, Yes, he uh, performed his citizen arrest with, uh, with his badge and a woman because he thought it was reckless to be speeding. It's reckless to use your position as the tax collector to pose as a police officer to pull somebody off to the side of the road. Number one, it could be very dangerous if you pull the wrong person off to the side of the road. And especially, you know, females, you know. Scary. Yeah, it is scary. 
You know, yeah, he's ashamed of himself. I hope there's someone in Seminole County who has the moxie and the political skill to, ch- I don't care whether he's Democrat, Republican, whatever his political stripes are, to challenge this, this, this guy when he's up for re-election. He, th- there's no have... reason for him to be in office. Well, look, let's, let's, go, back, let's go back to two years ago uh, when he was running for office. The reason he uh, was elected was because people were sick of the last guy, and everybody had every right reason in the world to be sick of the last Correct. guy. It was Ray Valdez who'd been there for 30 years, and he was uh, basically buying tax certificates that his own office was selling. He was dipping his, you know, uh, his own hand in, into the company tool, per se. And, and it looked stinky. And a lot of people, including me, said, you know, right, if you just stop doing this, I think people can support you. And he said, hell no. He had uh, some on, I don't remember if she was live or dead, up in Georgia or some other state, uh, helping him get these, uh, helping him get these liens off things. And so people said, we want something different. I remember writing at the time, I don't know anything about Joel Green. But what I do know is that people don't want this to happen. Well, Joel, you would think, would learn something from that. The Seminole, i got to give people Seminole credit, County credit. They have tossed people, elect politicians, out on their keisters before uh, just to get somebody new in. And I think there will be challenges. And by the way, when you talk about somebody got the stones – I don't think Greenberg's making any friends when, in his own defense, not only is he dragging these other people into his ticket, but saying, hey, they break the law, too. Do you think the sheriff's going to say, oh, you know what, let me, let me do you a solid? Well, there's something you have to consider as well. Somebody, uh, somebody uh, squawked on him, whether it was in the police department or somewhere along the line, because how otherwise would anybody find out that Joel Greenberg was trying to talk his way out of a traffic ticket by using his position as tax collector? And somebody said, hey, leak this to the media. Well. And, and you know what? I'm going to tell you what my understanding is about that. And, and this is this is a little journalist uh, media insider. There are different amounts of law enforcement departments that send out different amounts of information. There are some departments, and usually they are with the smaller towns. Well, there, there are some big departments that won't give you a squat. Right. There can be you know uh, an eight-person killed, and you can't get any details at them. Some of these smaller ones, they will send out uh, details almost daily. Lake Mary has traditionally been one of those. I mean, I, I think I even said, hey, can you take me off your list? God, God love you, but I just don't care what? every time. A, you know, stop library. So they have always sent stuff out anytime they find, think thing, something is even remotely newsworthy. They're the ones who sent this out, and I don't blame them at all, nor do I think it was punitive. I think if you're sending out a release every single time there's, you know, a, a kidnapping, well, a missing kid or something, and you have an elected official who's been asking you, uh, your chief, to do you a solid and invoking this, I think they were absolutely prudent to proactively put it out. So that's well, how I believe it. Well, they're protecting themselves because the worst sure. thing you want is for, uh, hey, why was the Lake Mary Police Department, yep. why didn't they say anything about a duly elected constitutional officer, the tax collector, trying to talk his way out of a traffic ticket? And, and uh, so they said, we just want to make it clear, we don't, yep. uh, we don't agree with that kind of stuff, and we wrote them a ticket, as they should have. And, and this really is, to go back to the original point, this is a really good case for body cameras. Right. Because there, there's two things. Uh, you don't, there's no question. We don't have to guess. It. Now, I'm not saying Joel Greenberg would have made up anything, but people make up things about cops all the time. Right. They say they were ugly. They were doing something they wouldn't have. First of all, we all see exactly what's happened. Second of all, it actually acts as a check sometimes on the officer. If an officer, maybe he's just a rank-and-file guy, and he's got some big, bad you know, uh, elected official saying, I'm buddies with the sheriff, I'm buddy with your chief, trying to pressure you 
you, when you're being recorded, you know there's no games to be played. My actions are going to be uh, suitable for everybody, including the state attorney, to see. It, it encourages everyone to behave better, which is another argument for him. In your column today, your column today focuses on this documentary called 49 Pulses, which mm-hmm. is a documentary about the Pulse Massacre, essentially told by the people who were wounded and families of those who were wounded and killed, and I guess maybe some law enforcement people as well. Have you seen the documentary? Yes. Uh, well, tell us about it and uh, your reaction to it. Um, my, uh, my reaction, well, as you said, it, it is almost told, uh, told almost entirely through the eyes of people who were there, uh, and it is almost a timeline retelling of what happened and uh it's pretty it's pretty rough i mean there are the, the part i talked about at the beginning the, the 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 things that stuck with me was the survivor's guilt and mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. all familiar with survivor's guilt you know i made it out and my buddy didn't whether that's on a battlefield or a burning building but the things for which some of these people felt survivor's guilt and the lead i used in today's column was this guy who didn't recognize the rapid fire gunfire uh as shots instead he thought it was part of a dj's uh, dance track because it's a, it's a dance club, and he felt guilty because he was dancing to it. Right. And so for six, eighteen months, he felt guilty about dancing to the sound of people getting slaughtered. Oh. Who would have ever thought? Now, I'm not sure. It, does, does a detail like that make my life better to know? I I don't know that it does. Uh, but I'm I don't think I'm ever going to fault a survivor or a victim for wanting to tell uh their story about what happened uh, that night and. Uh, and, and that's a, a lot of what this is, and some of it is them being angry. There are some of the survivors who are not happy with uh, the uh, first responders' uh, decision to wait three hours to go in, right. and uh, they call it incompetence. So another woman whose friend died basically in her lap, and she tells the story of the final minutes of her friend saying, I don't want to die, my vision's getting blurry, and then she just stops talking. She says, if you'd come into the bathroom sooner, you would have been saved. Um, th- there's been a Justice Department report that said the action was proper. Uh, th- there's been a lot of survivors who have said, I would not be alive for the first responders. But is it fair for anybody whose son was killed or who was there to ask questions? Yeah, I, I think those folks get a pass. They, they get to ask whatever uh, questions uh, they want. And it's worth noting that there still has not been a full accounting of of what bullets killed whom. It wouldn't make anyone less dead or less injured, but uh, there was a lot of so-called friendly fire that night. And to this day, 18 months later, we still don't have a full accounting of that. Why not? Why don't, don't we have know. an accounting of that? I, I, I've been talking to people who know this better. I'm not an expert in these mass tragedies, but I have been told that in some cases they do not ever provide that. Mm. That would that would trouble me if I was involved in any way. Yeah, yeah, it might trouble me as just a, a journalist. Uh, but it, apparently these things well, I, take yeah, for a I, long I, time. I tend to think that the citizens should have the right mm-hmm. to know because the, then the citizens have a voice either, hey, this is that's the way it goes, or they might move in a direction where they want a better accountability, you know. Uh, citizens have every right to know about that. I I happen to believe there were reenactments. Were there not in this documentary? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not terribly fond of documentaries where there are reenactments. I've heard that sentiment from others. It didn't really bother me, but I didn't really love it. It just didn't. I think it's more a matter of it is tough on visually to look at for an hour and a half at just people sitting in a chair talking. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's done for no reason other. I, I mean, it, it's it's grisly. I mean, there's people on the there's bodies, people portraying uh, corpses. They're not bloody, they're uh, in any sense. Um, I I think when when people ask me, I you know, sh- should I go see this? I think most of Orlando knows 
the, the story pretty well. I think if you're in Sacramento, if you you know you're in Madison, Wisconsin, there's a lot about this that will probably yeah. shock you. Uh, I think most people know it, but I also once again I don't fault the director. Uh, his name's Charlie Men, who's he's actually this is this is his very sort of grisly niche. He 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 f- uh, follows sort of unsolved mysteries, and and uh, he would say uh, uh, victims who never got justice, but also just mass mass casualties. And is I think it's fair to let them have their say. And there were things that tore my heart out. And and if you if if you take away anything from this, it's what we said we would take away uh, back in June of 2016. And you forget. I mean, you have to live. I mean, your life like. Like every day could be your last because these these were people who I mean the the woman who talked about her cousin dying or they didn't even know they were going to Pulse till about fifteen minutes beforehand. Yeah. I mean they were they were just trying to decide and they heard this one had good dancing. They didn't know it was a gay bar. They didn't know anything else. And uh, they all get shot and one of them dies. And she was nineteen years old and wanted to be a criminal justice and her cousin ends uh, be a detective and she cousin talks about she ended up being killed by the same sort of uh, you know profession or or area of study that she wanted to to be so yeah. i don't know talk to the audience about um the reaction by central florida and city of orlando officials when it comes to amazon's if you want to call it decision uh you know, essentially rejecting orlando a bunch uh-huh. of other cities as well when it comes to this new uh distribution center that seems that every every city and town in hamlet has been vying for for the past six months or a year because it seems to me there were some excuses being made and orlando needs to do this and orlando needs to do that there's a yeah right a bad pitch or they we don't know what we're doing when and it's Maybe it was none of that. Maybe it's just like, I'm sorry, Orlando. You just we don't, don't have what it takes. We don't have the stuff. We don't have the infrastructure here. And it's just location, That's location, right. location. I don't know. But it seems a little bit, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and Kinda redevelopment crying. people all get together and want to make excuses for something. Yeah, crocodile tears a lot this week. Well, that well, that's what it was, and I should start by saying the the whole concept of Amazon sort of pimping itself out yeah. is pretty gross. It's basically every hey, every community in America, how much taxpayer dollars do you want to throw at us? That said, I mean, it would be a boon for any economy if you get over the fact that we, there are growth issues. But they're talking about fifty thousand jobs that pay an average. An average of a hundred thousand dollars. That's big time, and you can see why uh, communities were looking looking at it. But afterwards, yes, as you said, uh, we didn't make the cut, uh, and, and based on some things I've read by the Washington Post and others, we weren't even close to making the cut. Right. Uh, and the headline in the Sentinel, I think it was Saturday, whatever day uh, after we got passed over, was quote Orlando leaders colon Amazon cut shows need to refine pitch. And my take was. You guys, you guys need to smack yourselves in the face a little bit. It's time for a wake-up call because the problem wasn't our pitch. The problem is our reality. The problem is that we are swimming in low-wage jobs. We have trouble with education. We don't have a ready-made workforce for $100,000 jobs. We lack transit. We lack other things that are infrastructure. There's about 10 things you got to tick off to want to attract a company like this or even grow a company like this, and we're, mis- we're lagging on eight or nine of them. Uh, and so it was an exercise in a bit of delusion for people to say, well, yeah, we, we needed to spin this. We needed to pitch it better. That wasn't the problem. We, we, you and I have talked for years. This decision, this community is going to have to make some hard choices. If you want to get beyond 
a region where we are one of the lowest paid wage metros in America, you're going to have to do things other than continuing to expand, expand your convention center by another million square feet. You're going to have to do something other than putting another $20 million to the Visit Orlando advertising budget. You're going to have to invest in schools and jobs and venture capital and education, higher and lower. And these are hard things, and they take time. And that's the reality call that I think this community needs, not that we need to hone our pitch. I think the community is also thinking as well, quite possibly, or a segment of the community, I don't know what percentage it might be that says wait a minute we're talking about 50,000 what an additional 50,000 jobs in central florida there is a degree of what does that mean when it comes to sprawl i think most people would say no we don't want to look like miami maybe the chamber of commerce people would say we want to just be a thriving uh, orlando slash miami we just as soon be able to connect uh, everything we have uh, all the way down to uh, south florida but i think there might be a significant number of central floridians who say whoa let's just hold you know whoa nelly fifty thousand jobs what does that mean for for sprawl we've got sprawl here and i don't know if it's necessarily nice to look at does that make any we sense? Lots, we got lots of problems, and sprawl is particularly harsh on the poor because the notion is you can't live close to where you work, and if you can't live close to where you work, you have to live a little, you're, you're a long way away, and then you, but you can't afford a car, and our bus line stuck, and we yeah. don't have sunrail that runs anywhere. There's lots of problems with sprawl. I, I I think I and I think you're right. A lot of people would object to that. I think I would probably say this is something I would be interested in, only because I don't know how to move the needle on wages. Otherwise, uh, we, I, we we aren't moving the needle on wages. And a hundred thousand dollar average is something that would be giant and would do it and would probably have its own. It would basically be its own city. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a concern as well. But I, I, I think we're going to have to think big. And uh, and I don't think many people really thought Amazon H2Q. I believe that's what they're calling it, HQ2 uh, was coming here. But uh, I hope, as our editorial board said, this will be a good exercise and and us thinking about what we would really need to do. And by the way, before we uh, go, kind of running out of time, you might appreciate. I just got a note. Uh, from uh, I won't say who, but another elected official who was listening to our conversation, yeah. and it said maybe if Joel Greenberg wants to wear that badge, carry a gun, and stop people, he should also wear a body cam. There you go. All right, what's coming up in the next call? <laughs> That's <Damn>. great. <laughs> So, uh, yes, we have some musing on Amazon. Uh, two weeks ago, I wrote a story about a nonprofit that was lacking $200,000 called United uh, Against Poverty. Right. Uh, very, and two uh, that was needed $200,000 to to help these folks, uh, and uh, as of yesterday, they closed the gap, thanks largely to people who responded to that call. So that's a that's a feel-good thing. And then on Friday, I'm going to talk about, uh, excuse me, Sunday, felons rights and casino gambling, the two big initiatives going on this year's ballot. There you go, buddy. Thanks. Good job, as always. Thanks Thank a lot. Scott Maxwell, he writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel, joins us every Wednesday on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From Sounds like David Byrne of the Talking Heads to me. Most definitely is. Uh, Phillips filed for this uh, Wednesday. Uh, no shot doctor today. He had something else that he needed to do, so no casting call with the shot doctor. Got five-minute professor later on. Um, earlier I mentioned, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm trying to get it together, little baby steps. 
Um, I want to start a program every Wednesday, first 30 minutes of the program. That's all, 30 minutes devoted to this once a week, every Wednesday, right at the right at the start of the program, devoted to uh, whatever the opioid crisis is here in uh, Central Florida. I mentioned this earlier in the program. It got flooded with texts and emails as well because I said yeah. at this particular point in time, it's hard for me to determine where I want to start with this. I shy away from politicians because politicians always have an agenda, it seems to me, and whatever negative you throw at a politician like, Hi, we have an opioid crisis. Tell me what's going on here. They'll take that negative. It's more times than not and say, well, you have to think about the positive. And then they just, you know, it, yeah. it usually turns into polishing their own apples and, you know, we're turning this around. And what you need to understand is we've created this commission and this committee. And I don't want to do that. So we've heard from people who are former addicts. We've heard from uh, medical people. And we're going to get a list, and I'll start this hopefully in the next couple of weeks or so. I just, yeah, but isn't it like one side to a, a multifaceted issue here? Uh, where I mean, there is a place for that because that will be part of a, an overall solution, not the entire solution. I mean, yeah, I'm not but negating a component that. I just it. don't want to start it off that right, way, right? Because if I start it off that way, and the first one or two interviews I have with the politicians, I'm going to go. This is this is not going anywhere. This is just, and I'll. You know me well enough. I just I don't want to do this. I'm bored with this. So I'd rather get people who are a little more foot, closely affected. foot soldiers yeah. in this crisis who can give us. I I'm in this. I'm either helping people or I was one of those people. And let me tell you what's going on here. And let me tell you maybe what you're not hearing from the politicians. Uh, I'd like to talk to first responders. I'd like to talk to those people on the ground who are responding directly to this crisis or people who are somehow involved, family members, former addicts. Um, I don't know whether necessarily people who are in the rehab business, because many of those are in the business. Let me tell you about my program and how it works. I'd like to shy away from that. Text us, send Mo an email. We'll begin a list. And maybe hopefully in a couple of weeks, just one at a time. I'm not getting a panel in here. We've only got half an hour. It's one one person and one person only. Mm-hmm. Whatever their background is, mm-hmm. however they're involved in this crisis. Because I don't see anything in the paper anymore. And I don't know what they're doing on local TV. I think it was the crisis du jour there for a while. And I have a feeling this is continuing. Yeah. And uh, But the media may have moved on. So that's where we are. And... As Jack mentioned earlier, when I brought this up earlier, uh, we were flooded with text messages. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you that. Call this. Contact that person. So, let's so see many, what we can do. So many people personally affected by this, whether it's them, spouse, family members, extended family members, friends. Uh, everyone seems to know someone who's been affected by this. And by the way, uh, Jim mentioned emailing Moira. That's M-O-I-R-A at realradio.fm. And, uh, you know, we'll... You know, try to just start start it off, see where it goes. Because anybody who's involved in this to say, well, you ought to talk to this person, you ought to talk to that group, and just uh, and just and just build from there. And then maybe later, you know, you get some of these politicos in who think they have the answer to everything, you know, to tell their side of the story. Something a little bit closer to home was brought to my attention by my wife Catherine. Somewhat parochial. I mean, it's just, but it involves uh, Jones High School. And she uh, said, hey, did you read that story about the uh, the choral group and the, uh, what is it, uh, another group at the Jones High School? The Wind Ensemble. The Wind Ensemble at Jones yeah. High School. Mm-hmm. 
Jones High School is has been in a disadvantagedly uh, economically disadvantaged area of the city of Orlando. It seems forever. It does serve. It the doesn't power say anything about the kids. The kids, they're great no, kids, they're... and they're great teachers, and they're so devoted. And uh, they, tr- you know, they, they, you know, they, they're getting it together as best they can. Well, the uh, the choral group and the wind ensemble have been invited uh, because they applied for this. Have been invited to perform at Carnegie Hall in New York City in April. Ooh! Now that takes a certain amount of money. Yeah. About two hundred thousand dollars. What? Mm-hmm. Well, you have kids, you got to fly in there. You have to have chaperones on hotels. The Jones High School Choral Ensemble or the Wind Ensemble. Oh, yeah. M- M- Mo has told me it's a festival, but the Jones Group has been picked to perform by themselves instead of with all these other groups uh-huh. together on stage. It's Jones High, the Jones High School group Correct. that's been picked out of all of these to perform by by themselves. They will they're be that in, good. They're that good. They'll be in the spotlight for it. You know, instead of singing as a big chorus with all the choirs, right. they're going to be featured as an ensemble. The, the chorus will be picked out and take the stage by themselves. Now, many of these kids that go to Jones High School, I dare say, have probably never been out of Central Florida. Maybe never on a plane. Maybe never. And... Uh, so if you can kick in a couple of bucks, what's the what's the supportjoneshigh.com. Yeah. And they're just trying to raise enough money and uh, this kind of thing can change a kid's life forever Correct. for the positive. There's no question about it. And uh I mean, this concert hall is it says uh, the I'm taking this line from the center. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Haha, practice practice practice. Well, <laughs> in this case, they need $200,000 to practice and they have already raised I think 70 or seventy five thousand. Yeah. But they're a long way from getting there and everybody's staying up at night worrying about this. Um this concert hall is something that is synonymous with success and the height of your music career, of right? You know, and these kids are high school students, um, many of them from the Paramore neighborhood west of Orlando, and they are hoping that they everybody's supportive. The, the, the principal's supportive, the school board's supportive, but that's a big chunk of money to come up with. So, you know, Save so, a yeah. couple of bucks here and there, and uh, yep. And you can say to yourself, you uh, you lend some money to a good cause. This can really change a kid's life forever for the positive, mm-hmm. and uh, see what we can do. And it's a you know it's a parochial, very close to home story. A lot it's of people sweet, say, though. I'm in Lake County. What do I care about them? Or I'm up in Volusia County. You know, who gives a crap about Jones High School? Well, something very close to uh, to our home here in Orlando. Let's see what else is happening. Uh, Jim, North Korea sends a rare announcement to all Koreans yes. calling for unification, mm. saying that it uh, should make a breakthrough for unification without the help of other countries. Driving a wedge. Yeah, they're trying to... <laughs> driving a wedge. They say uh, joint military operations between the South and other countries have been unhelpful. And they said this year is meaningful for both North and South Korea. It's the 70th anniversary of the founding of North Korea, mm-hmm. while South Korea will be hosting the Winter Olympics next month. By the way, uh, Mr. Pingman, with the sentencing today of Dr. Nasser, yeah. the pedophile who was found guilty of possessing child pornography and also found guilty of uh, sexual molestation as it relates to members of the U.S. gymnastics team and athletes with Michigan State University. Uh, there's increasing talk. Big I think they, oh, um, huge. there's an increasing talk out of the from the legislature in uh, in Michigan 
calling for the resignation of the president of Michigan State University. I think we have a bet. You do. You yeah, played it yesterday. Michigan State University president will announce her resignation by the end of February. Oh, God. I'm screwed. Yeah, that one, that dollar you got to give up. I don't know. Not yet. She's hanging tough. Give it up. Don't tell me what to do, please. <laughs> and in the ticked off Colin Jim, someone is ticked off because about re- spoons. Yes. Did you read the one <laughs> yes. about spoons? That's Listen, what I was going to read you. The Listen ticked to off this. column is in the Orlando Sentinel That's virtually it. every day, and it's people. I'm mad because it's called the ticked off column. Read the one about yeah. the spoons. I'm ticked off. Why don't restaurants ever set places with spoons? We what? rarely find spoons anymore. We cannot figure out why. Because nobody uses them unless you're... They'll give you a spoon if you're ordering if you soup. soup. Or coffee. Uh, or yes. Sometimes coffee. Sometimes they'll give you a, a stir. Yeah. You get yeah. a cup of coffee, you get a spoon. Oh, you yeah, of course you get a spoon. Lindus. Put that spoon in there, it takes the heat away from the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just ask for a goddamn spoon? Um, I don't know. But people Ticked are... This well, you is don't what get a spoon. They... Well, I was... If it was my diner mm-hmm. or my place, so what do you need yeah. a spoon for? Well, the beauty of ticked off is getting ticked off at the people who are ticked off. That's correct. <laughs> What if you're having black beans and rice? You don't want to use a fork. You, well, you could. ordered a turkey sa- a turkey club sandwich. What do you need a spoon for? You don't need yeah. a spoon. No, but if you're having a side of black beans and rice. Well, guess what? You'll get a spoon. All right, fine. What do you need a spoon for before your meal arrives? They want it set up. Why, though? You know, or you open up that your napkin that's tied up with a little paper thing, and you open up your napkin, and there's a fork and a knife. There's never a spoon. Because who needs a spoon? Well, you don't, don't know what you're going to order. You don't know if I'm going to order something spoony. The spoon comes with the spoony food. They bring it out it to you when they bring spoony. it out. They bring you your yeah. bowl of soup. And how many yeah. times do you say, hey, can I you get know, a spoon? Not everyone likes to do word find on the placemat. Some people like to play with their spoon. Oh, oh so, so put it on your they, nose. Yeah, like you're that. waiting for your food. It gives It's entertainment. So now they want to annoy everyone else when they drop the spoon on Maybe the table. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they stopped uh, putting the spoons out yeah. there. Stop mm. putting it on your They're face. They're afraid of people like Bradshaw put playing with their nose. spoon. Put it on your nose so if you can get the stick. Did anyone sign that ticked off? <laughs> never. Was it, they was never it do. Yuri never Geller? Sign. No, they never do. Not Yuri Geller? Nobody bending spoons. They're not bending. They just want a spoon at their spot. Why do they want a spoon? Maybe to bend it. Anyway, this is what they waste our ink in the paper today. Is I'm ticked off. There are no spoons at restaurants. They don't set my table with a spoon. I'm just saying. When I read that, I thought, I've got to talk to you about this. This is just wrong. I saw it, I saw it earlier today. Yeah, it's wrong. It's like, what possesses people? What am I mad about today? Spoons. No spoons. Yeah. Give me my spoon. Mm-mm. Then they get the spoon invariably. People like that say, it's not big enough. <laughs> my spoon's bent. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio. <laughs> Five-minute professor right around the corner on Real Radio 104.1. You are listening to the Phillips File. It's time to rise above the butt jokes and hemorrhoid humor. Even if only for a few fleeting moments. And actually learn something. This is the five-minute professor. Well, let's see how long it takes to get in the weeds with this guy. Greetings and salutations, professor. And to you, Mr. Phillips, and to the file, always a pleasure to speak with you. Sounds like a landline. Sounds like you're on a real, regular telephone. What? I am on a real, regular telephone, completely surrounded by hundreds of other real, regular telephones. I said he's complaining and complaining and complaining at me, Uh and I live 
a block and a half away from a call center, so I made some arrangements. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm at a call center. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this, is, this is as stable of a phone connection as you have, and if you need to speak to someone else, I have uh, within easy arm's distance probably 40 people. Well, what are they selling? Yeah, I, I, I want to know that. Don't tell me. It's, I got one of those wait. calls today. Uh-oh. It's actually a customer service center, so they take okay. inbound calls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, All right. What do you got for us? I'm authorized to talk about them. That was made abundantly clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> they say, oh, you're on the radio? One of them morning zoos? Don't be talking about us. Uh-uh. All right, what's, uh, what's the lecture today? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, uh, year in, year out, I uh, try to coordinate speakers for the Central Florida Regional Mensa Gathering. Mm-hmm. And one of the things which I have started doing over the course of the past four years is that I also host a tasting on the Saturday night of the Regional Mensa Gathering, which means that this weekend I had to be researching <clears throat> tequila. <laughs> you did, huh? From the agave plant. It is, of course, from the agave plant. Points. And that is good for points on the agave plant. Oh, really? So here's the thing, though. Blue agave. It is related to Mm. mezcal, because mezcal is also made from the agave plant. However, tequila is only made from blue agave. Oh, yeah. So tequila is a mezcal. All mezcal is not tequila. Okay. I knew it. All right, that's good. All right. Good. They only can make tequila in the Mexican state of Jalisco. See, si. That's on the elbow of Mexico. I, I call the elbow of Mexico. I, I view Mexico as being like an arm where the hand is the Yucatan Peninsula and the bicep is the big part where it widens up near the United States. Mm-hmm. The elbow, the pointy part where Guadalajara is, is Jalisco. Tell me about the worm. Uh, well, let's start with the worm then, because uh, I was only going to talk about the worm were there time. But let's talk about the worm. The worm is a lie. What does that mean? Oh, well, first of all, the worm is not a part of tequila. The worm is a mezcal thing, and it's a marketing thing. And if there are worms on your agave plant, your agave plant is bad. So the worm is a lie. So as a marketing scheme... How yeah. long has that been going on, and why? Uh, it is something which is it was a marketing gimmick that was created in the 1970s. 1970s is what it says here. 1970s, and the Tequila Regulatory Council does not allow gusanos, which is what they are. They're the worms, gusano, or scorpions in a tequila bottle. Not okay. allowed. Right. Okay. And, it, and it was meant to say, oh, look how, look how tough you are. Right. You could drink this thing which killed a worm, which, quite honestly, you can drown anything in anything. Well, sure, you could drop a worm in a bottle of vodka and it would die. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could drop a worm in a bottle of water and it would die because it still needs <laughs> yeah. to breathe air. Right. Uh, so uh, it is pure marketing, and the particular worm which they use is a blight on the tequila plant. Uh, maybe the first time they did it, it was some drunk Mexican guy saying, right. we're going to show them and we'll leave this out for the other worms to see, and uh, they'll leave. Uh, but there's nothing good about the worm, and and no one thinks you should drink it. No one. Not a single solitary person in the world thinks you should drink it. Drink it or eat the worm? Nothing. You should leave the worm alone. Uh, it's a decoration. 
I can't hurt you. It might. It can't help you. It can't help you. It's just a worm. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, it is just a worm. Who are you talking it, to, me or the five-minute professor? professor. Okay. It, 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 is, it is not food quality. Okay. It is All not right. food. There's nothing done to it to make it food quality. I think it's chewy or crunchy. I would imagine that it is probably crunchy. No, I thought I it would thought be chewy, chewy, like a pencil eraser. I thought it's going to be gushy, too. I think it's going to well, be squishy. It's for alcohol to draw out the moisture out yeah. of it. Yeah, I think it'd be rubbery. Mm. Like in a rubber band or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let, can we, can we yeah, talk sure. about something good? Yeah. Okay, okay. Please. So, blue agave is what's required for tequila. And blue agave really grows well around the area of the town of tequila, which is why tequila is named tequila, except that they made tequila before there was a town of tequila. What? So the town of tequila was not founded until 1666, but they've been making this this alcohol, uh-huh. which is now called tequila, since the late 1500s. Okay. So two generations made this stuff before there was a town of tequila to call it tequila. And the reason that they made it was because the conquistadors ran out of brandy. And they said, quick, find me something we can ferment. Yeah, anything to get us drunk. It's remarkable. So what they do is this, 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 the agave plant looks for all the world like it's a cactus, but it's not. Okay. The monocot, it's got a seed, and it's, it's not a succulent, but it looks like one. It looks like a pineapple. And it, it grows long leaves off of this piña, which is at the center, and then they carve off those leaves. They take the heart of it, the piña, and then they cook it in an oven. And it gets a kind of smoky flavor to it. And they're cooking it to break down the starches which hold it together so that they can then pulverize it in a big stone mill and get a pulpy liquid out of it, which they're going to use to create their tequila. Is there a certain proof that this has to be to well, be honest and honest in goodness? Uh, a real tequila? A tequila. Uh-huh. Well, so here's the thing. Tequila... Is, is made with natural yeasts, the yeasts that are on the plant. So it ferments a little bit, and it gets to be around 12, 14 proof. So beer or wine-like in terms of its proof. Then they distill it. Yeah. And it's typically distilled twice. Okay. That's what's typical for exported tequila, is that it is distilled twice. So it maintains a lot of the flavor and a lot of the uh, organoleptic properties, but it it does not it doesn't get too smooth because a third because sometimes they have made a third one and then it's more like vodka it's it's less flavored mm. when they do that third distillation because what they're doing is they're taking it they're heating it up and they're making the alcohol get collected somewhere else so the more you distill it the more pure you make it, the less like tequila it is, the more like alcohol it is. My experience with tequila, not that I drink anymore, is that I'd always have a hangover, terrific hangover from the neck down. Mm. What? Yes, from my whole body. Yeah, my head was fine, but my body was just... Is this a dancing-related issue? No, I have no idea. It It just felt like I'd been hit with sledgehammers. I mean, my body was just... It was a it was a body hangover. My my head was okay. I don't know. From what 
from what I've researched, because I was afraid I was going to have to deal with this, because I'm concerned about my my conduct this weekend. Because the whole idea of these these alcohol tastings, which I host, is nonsense. Because we fit it into a one-hour-long uh, lecture block, and then we try five or six liquors. And it's it's just stupid. It's it's way too much. You know what happens with Mo when she drinks? Year year uh, she right, drinks too much tequila. What happens? She looks yeah. like uh, one of those soldiers or a Marine at boot camp where they're crawling under the barbed wire. <laughs> you know, she does that. Uh-huh. She gets down all the way and then just scoots to the bathroom to throw up uh, by using that, her elbows like a that, seal. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. And she'll I make just... it all the way from the kitchen to all, all the way in the back. That's correct. All the way in the back. Absolutely marvelous. Mm-mm. So in Mexico, <laughs> I, I'm picturing this. It's not a good sight. Yeah, not, I've not seen good. it. No, it's really not. So uh, in Mexico, the proof, which was your question, mm-hmm. uh, is typically 76. Oof. That's how it's usually made for domestic consumption in Mexico. Okay. Uh, in the U.S., it, it, it has to be 80. To be sold as tequila in the U.S., it has to be 80. And Why? what Mexico tried, it, it's... It is really to do with the fact that all spirit importation is done by a small handful of companies, and they want to keep a stranglehold on it. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, they make rules that make it harder for somebody who's not them to sell it. Right. I mean, that's really. I mean, almost everything is like that. There's a there's a friend of mine who I do a podcast with, and he is a firm believer in the free market system. And I say, well, how are things with the blacksmiths in town? Because that's the only place you get a free market. You don't get a free market when huge corporations make the laws which regulate your industry. Right. Uh, Anyway, so what Mexico tried to do is Mexico tried to take back the bottling jobs on tequila and make it so that in order to be called tequila, it needed to be bottled in Mexico. And the U.S. importers resisted and got the U.S. government involved because the way that U.S. tequila is made is that it's shipped in bulk to a handful of bottlers in the United States and then bottled in the United States. Jack, what's a top-shelf tequila? Oh, I don't even know. Dozens of them now. Jose Cuervo is one of the most popular Mm. ones. Patron. Yeah, but Patron is a good one. Yeah, they've come out with, Patron is, but they've come out with a lot of tequilas in the past 10, 15 years when they yeah. decided they can make a lot of money on them. Milagro. See? I've They've never, also had a lot of I've celebrities. A lot of celebrities but have why? their own brands where, where of tequila. Did, where, yeah. why, did, why did that get a start? All of a sudden, tequila. I don't know. I don't know. It's it was delicious. in Entourage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it is just a simple marketing thing. Right. But in Mexico, there are 1,500 different labels. Oh, okay. There are 1,500 wow. different labels of tequila, and they're they're owned by about 160 companies. So every company has a whole bunch of labels, some of which are private labels, like you'll get when you get a, a isn't Cabo Wabo? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a big label. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But in order Points. to be tequila, it needs to grow. Mm-hmm. The blue agave needs to grow in Mexico. So it, it's all coming from the same place, uh, more or less. I, I, you can't glow, grow blue agave effectively uh, outside of this really volcanic red soil that they have in this area uh, to grow it commercially because it's grown in fields like pineapples are grown just miles and miles everywhere you look around of these plants, and they only get one growth out of them. 
They grow for about a year. You harvest them, and then you have to plant them again. So it's not it's not the sort of thing which can be grown everywhere. And by law, you can't call it tequila if you grow it anywhere except for in Mexico. All right. So there are – I have a couple more things on, on this. You want it now? All right. Here it goes. So there's silver or white tequila. That is just tequila, which is twice distilled and then put into bottles. Mm. It is not aged. Tequila doesn't actually age in the bottle. There's no sense holding on to tequila to make it age. It only ages outside of the bottle because of the nature of the alcohol that's in it. Mm. So then you have reposado or rested. That's going to be a a kind of golden color uh, and... Lighter than a scotch or a whiskey in general. That's been rested in a charred oak barrel for two months. And Añejo, or aged tequila, has been held in a charred barrel for 12 months. And they added a new type of tequila, which is extra Añejo, which is aged for three years. That was introduced in 2006. The longer you age it in Mm -hmm. those oak barrels, the smoother it gets. All right. Let's move on to a smooth quiz. Let's talk about some smooth quizzes. Question number one. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) A tequila sunrise is a cocktail. Mr. Bradshaw. Do it. Orange juice, tequila, and grenadine. Uh, That is one way to make it. You can also make it with Cointreau and lime juice. There we go. Cointreau. But that wasn't the question. Damn you. (laughs) I'll take points anyway. Tequila Sunrise was also a film starring Mel Gibson. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That was not the question. Can I have the question, please? We're running out of time. Tequila Sunrise was a film starring Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Kurt Russell came out in what year? Uh, Jim, 19... 90. Before 1990. 87. After 1987. 89. Before 1989. Fritz. Oh. No, Pinkman. Fritz. Fritz. Yes, it's Fritz. 88. 88 is absolutely correctly done. Stupid Fritz. Absolutely correct. Who Points. sang So Emotional? So Emotional. Uh, yeah. Oh, damn. Solo it. singer or group? Yes, solo singer. So Emotional. I get oh. so emotional, baby. You agree? Every Two. time I think Whitney of Houston. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we almost got, got there. Mo. Who, we who got, got my mind set on you? Jack George Harrison. Got Absolutely correct. Nicely done. Uh, who sang The Way You Make Me Feel? Jack Michael Jackson. Absolutely correct. Carrying the team on your back. And finally, January 30th, 1988, who sang the number one hit, Need You Tonight? Jack, in excess. In excess. Wow, Jackie. Hats off to you. Oh, yeah. In excess found a replacement lead singer, Canadian J.D. Fortune, on the TV show Rockstar in Excess, who did on what network in 2005? Jack Fox. Not Fox. Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. NBC. Not NBC. Jim, CBS. CBS is absolutely correct. No, right, well, that was hard. <laughs> well, there was only one left for me. That Mo had it. it. <laughs> CBS has what late night show host on air starting at 11.35? Jack, Stephen Colbert. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Stephen Colbert is from South Carolina, but was born in what U.S. city that is the 21st most populous city, but did not elect its own mayor until 1973? Oh, God. 
He's southern, uh, I think. Uh, but uh, not South Carolina. Uh, no. Jim, New Orleans. Further north. Mm. Hope you uh, find that helpful. Yeah, not. Uh, 21st most populous, but did not elect its own mayor until 1973. Uh, oh. Jack, Indianapolis. Further east. Mm. Um, let's 21st see. most populous, but only elected its its own mayor since 1973. Washington, D.C.? That is absolutely Oh, there it is. Very nice. (laughs) Wow, good work. XTC had a hit song in 1989 called The Mayor of Simpleton. What two (laughs) citrus fruits were in the title of the album that featured this song? Well, Jen, that's uh, lime. Not lime. That's lemon. That is lemon. And orange. It was Oranges and Lemons was the name of that album. The Citrus Bowl, also known as Camping World Stadium, will be home to the Pro Bowl this weekend. The Pro Bowl will be coached by the head coaches from what two teams? Their names are Andy and Jason. Jack. Oh, Jack. uh, uh, Jack's got the answer. Yeah, I know. The Pro Bowl will be coached by the head coaches from what two teams? Their names are Andy and Jason. Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely correct. And um, do anyone else want to take a shot yeah. at it? Yeah, it's the uh, Atlanta Falcons. No. no, that would be the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm moving. Wait, I'm, what were I'm, the no, names? No, no, no. Jason. Yeah, you Andy need the Jason. Jason. Andy Reid was. Uh, Andy Reid. Jason. Okay, so that's the AFC. So you need an NFC team of Jason. That's Buffalo a, Bills. An NFC team that had the best record that lost in the divisional playoffs. Oh. That's how it's determined. It's the team with the best record that lost Carolina in the Panthers. divisional playoffs. There it is. Further north. Oh, further, excuse me, further south. Further south. My apologies. Oh, that uh, lost. Um, Jason. Lost. New Orleans State. <laughs> no. Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett. Garrett. You are too uh, far off. Now, Jason Garrett Garrett has never coached in a Super Bowl, but he won two as a player. Andy Reid lost Super Bowl 39 as head coach of what team? Jack, Philadelphia Eagles. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Jack, Jacksonville. Jack, Donovan McNabb. All right. (laughs) Jack, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Settle down. Super Bowl 39 was the Patriots' second franchise win and the infamous Nipplegate incident. But arguably, the biggest impact in Super Bowl history was the Apple ad with the sledgehammer. Right. Featured in January 22nd of what year? 1984. Absolutely correct. I get it. That 1984 ad from January of 1984 was created by what famous movie director? He also created Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane. Gladiator. Jack Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Jack's on fire. Wow. Uh, So Ridley Scott, who created that out all screen, Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Legend, Blade Runner, and Alien. Ridley Scott directed Tom Cruise, Mia Saro, and Tim Curry in Legend in 1985. That same year, also shunned by the Oscars, but Tim Burton directed Paul Rubens in a dance number in what film? Jack, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The dance was set to the song Tequila. Tequila. Oh, there it is. There it is. And that's an excellent round for you folks. Thank you. No, it was an excellent round for Jack Bradshaw. It's it's a team effort. On your back. And holy moly, holy cow. 88. Thanks to the efforts of Mr. Bradshaw, he will be tragically disappointed with everything about this score. Uh Uh-oh. It's a 106. Wow. Excellent. All right, it's I'll superb. take it. Superb, yeah, it's awesome. One point nine too high, he would say. That's mm. right. Yes, you are correct. Uh, nice, 
Nice job done by all. Excellent work. All right, what are you up to? Where are you going to be? Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be hosting trivia at the Silly Grape. By the way, Silly Grape, a great place to see the Super Bowl. And they're going to have a special for Valentine's Day. Check out the 5-Minute Professor Facebook page. I have uh, posted some information about what they've got going on for both Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl. That's tomorrow night at the Silly Grape in Maitland. I will not be at Waco Taco this Saturday, but I normally am. Uh, And I will be the following weekend. And Tuesday night, it will be where I am every single Tuesday night. I will be at Post Time Lounge and Cafe. In between, I will probably be driving my Uber. In case you want to oh, that's right. You're doing that. How's car. that working out for you, that Uber thing? I love driving for Uber. Really? I mean, it's not an ad for Uber. I like driving and having people in my car that are paying me money in to a take- way where I don't have to handle it. Oh, I yeah. see. It's all done on phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all done on the phones. I don't ever see it. I don't have anything except for, hey, how you doing? Where you going? And I and they tell me where to go, and I say, well, that's stupid. No, no, no. And then no, we're no. going to go this different way. Well, okay, that happens a lot. Actually, they, they take you on a lot of surface roads on the Uber app, right. on the map. Mm-hmm. So if you know where you are, you can find your way around. If you don't know where you are, you have to follow these surface roads, and you're driving through neighborhoods at 30 miles an hour. All right, what do you got scheduled for next Thursday? Any, I mean, uh, Wednesday. Any ideas? Uh, well, actually, you know what? Someone went to the 5-Minute Professor page and made a great request, and I know I'm going to screw up the pronunciation Well, let me know, and I'll tell you whether it's good or not. I, service animals. What? Service animals. She she, she suggested that we talk about service animals, and that's interesting because service animals have to be admitted in an Uber. Yes. I had to sign an agreement saying that I would accept service animals, and it didn't matter if I was afraid of dogs. It's like a therapy dog. Any kind of animal, I have to accept a seeing eye dog. A monkey? A seizure dog. A monkey. Just because they say it is? Uh Uh, Well, there are rules about it. They have to have the... The vest, the service well, that's animal. Well, that, you know, that's, that's a bunch yeah. of crap. Because the fact well, of the matter... I want to talk about that because it is a bunch of crap. Yeah, Delta Airlines, I think, is cracking down on that. Yep. There's a difference between therapy dogs and service dogs. Absolutely true. Anybody can buy a vest and put it on their damn dog. That is actually true, too. You put and... it on an armadillo. What are you going to do? You have to drive an armadillo around? I'm not sure that there is uh, right. a rule about service armadillos, but uh, I will right. find out, and I will know by this time next week, and so will you. Okay, Professor, next Wednesday on Real Radio 104.1. Check out the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. President Tudert of the Philippines says to shoot him if he ever becomes a dictator. I, uh, I've got some awkward news for you, pal. Next, rapper DMX spent his Monday in a Chili's in the St. Louis airport buying shots for people and giving sermon. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten rapper that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have a party up in here. Finally, speaking of rappers, 50 Cent says he forgot that he accepted 700 bitcoins for an album in 2014. Those bitcoins are now worth over 7 million dollars. Hopefully he doesn't spend it all in the club. Headlines were brought to you by the Pinkman blog. Go there to see Danny DeVito as an M&M at realradio.fm. And transmission. Call now for person, place, or thing, 407-916-1041. From You're listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio. Real Radio! 
There we go. The music for Person, Place, or Thing. Mr. Pinkman, I have contestants on the line. What's the prize? It's a pair of tickets to a Wasi's cooking class with mm. uh, Kevin Ward. You will learn Southern cooking. Uh, dishes like meatloaf, fatty, crispy, porchetta, shrimp, and pimento cheese grits, biscuits, and brisket gravy. All that fun stuff, and that's all at Wasi's Meat Market in Melbourne. Yeah, your headquarters in Florida for the Big Green Egg, or <laughs> for those of us who own one, the BGE. Best damn uh, barbecue slash cooker, smoker, whatever you want to call it, no. on the planet. Pat, you ready to play? Let's give it a shot. All right, Pat, pick a person, a place, or a thing. We'll go place. Let's go place. Uh-huh. Thanks to Brad for the category. What is this place? This place gets its name from the French, referring to the abundance of garlic. Mm, the only thing coming to mind is Martinique. It's Martinique. in the United States. In the United States. I'll give you another clue just because I'm a nice guy. You are a nice guy. Let's see if that does me any good. Mm. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. That's your final answer? Yeah. No, it's not New Orleans. Nice try, though. Appreciate it. Here is Robert with clue number two, Robert. This place is an international hub for finance, commerce, industry, technology, telecommunications, and transportation. What was the first clue again? This place gets its name from the French, referring to the abundance of garlic. I've never heard... I, I, it's news to me. I've never heard that before. Um, uh, it's in the United States. Mm-hmm. Pick a place. Uh, I don't know. The Des Moines? Des Moines. That's your oh, final answer. No, it's not Des Moines. Moving right along. Thank you anyway. AJ, here's a good clue. No bull. It's recognized across the United States as a very passionate sports town. Uh, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. That's your no, final answer. No, it's not Pittsburgh. Uh-uh. Didn't listen to the clue. Here's Diane. Diane, Hello. clue number four. You ready, Diane? I'm ready. All right, Diane. It is home to the nation's first blood bank, the first drive-in bank, and the world's first skyscraper. Chicago. Chicago, you say? That's your final answer? Yes, it is. Yeah, baby. Sounds like you knew the answer anyway. What does that mean, abundance of garlic? Is that what? I don't don't know. Here's clue number five. All right, you won there, uh, Diane. Sorry, Justin. A ram at home. (laughs) I get it. Ram, Ram I get it, yeah. Get it? I don't get it. It's the mayor of Chicago. Oh, Ram. Yeah, Ram. I get it. But, Ram, yeah, it wouldn't be, well. I know what you mean. Thanks. It's a <laughs> cook. Ram at home. It's thanks, a, Brad. It's a cook favorite for food, yeah. especially if you like hot dogs and deep dish pizza. Nice. So there you go. Mm, that does sound good, doesn't it? Deep dish deep pizza? Dish. You can't have pizza. No, I can't. When's the last time you had a slice of pizza? Real cheesy pizza. Are you still on the apples and steak thing? Yeah, no, how'd no, that I work that out one for day. you? <laughs> Not so good? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But, you know, my goal was to fit in the dress. I fit in the dress and yeah, it zipped. Right. So there, there you go. go. That's, That's all, all you can ask. ask. That's, That's all, all you can ask. ask. It zipped. So, yeah. Apples be damned. <laughs> but they say one day, every now and then, you want to jumpstart your diet, apples and steak. Apples all day, steak for dinner. You're good to go. And how many pounds do you lose? Well, it depends on how, where you are in the journey, but, you know. Okay, just for an example. Couple. Just because. Because your body's bulk, in shock. It's bulk. <laughs> I, I mean, what's happening? I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it shocks your system into moving along. Yeah. Yeah. 
You lose water weight from sweating from hunger. It was awful. I I tried to do it with my daughter who lives in Atlanta, and she and I did it together. I thought we could commiserate. And every time we took an apple, we would take a picture and say, here we are, apple number two, apple number four, apple number six. By the end, she said she was so cranky, she was ready to throw that damn apple right at me. Who was the first to give in? No, we both made it. Both made it? But boy, was she a sourpuss. I wonder whether it was like the masturbation episode of Seinfeld. Oh, no, no, no. We both (laughs) made it all the way through. But, whew. What kind of steak? Skirt steak. Oh, I love skirt steak. steak. I do. I like New York strip. Could you eat beef jerky? No. But then you'd be... have a steak. It's so salty. That's dry steak. That's dried beef. It's still... Mm. Kind of steak. You're supposed to have steak. Flank steak. I love flank Ooh, steak yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? The first Sirling. thing we made on the big green egg. T-bone. Flat iron steak. Mm. It's pretty good. Does yeah. sound good. I feel bad for Joel Greenberg. Now why? why? Not the Seminole County tax uh, douchebag. Uh oh. Uh, there's Joel Greenberg in the UK, and he has Joel Greenberg on yeah. Twitter. Oh yeah. no! But the Seminole <laughs> tax collector did it in all caps. But even if you tag him in all caps, it goes to the UK guy. He's getting hammered. So our conversation uh, <laughs> with you and Scott Maxwell yeah. is on Twitter, and no matter how many times I try and tag Joel Greenberg, Seminole tax collector, yeah. It, it goes to this professor in oh, the UK. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. Guess the, the, I know one person following the professor in the UK. Guess who it is? Five-minute professor. Seminole County tax collector Joel, Joel Greenberg. Greenberg. Oh. He's following the other Joel Greenberg. Anyway, if you want to hear the conversation, <laughs> it's on our website, realradio.fm, between Scott and Jim. And as always, all of our show is always up for grabs on the iHeartRadio channel for the Phillips File. Just shows you how dumb Joel Greenberg, the tax collector of Seminole County, is. Tried to talk himself out of a speeding ticket yeah. by claiming, hey, you can't ticket. I'm a constitutional officer. I'm, I'm the tax official. collector. Yeah. If you'd just taken the ticket, all right, Dummy. then talk, you know, call Ticket Clinic or whatever. It wouldn't have made any noise whatsoever. Guess what, dummy? You still got the ticket, and it's going to be front page news tomorrow and one of the lead stories on the television news today. Why? Because there's video of it as well. Enjoy your remaining time in office, Joel, because I don't think you're going to be a re-elected tax collector. No. I'll put good money on that one. Thanks a lot. Good show today. Tomorrow. Thank you, 5-Minute Professor. Thank you, Scott Maxwell. Uh, Phillips File underway tomorrow at 3, right after Shawnee's The News Junkie with Sabrina and Lane. They follow the monsters in the morning. Tom and Dan are next tonight. Eat dessert first. Grin like a dog. Wander aimlessly. Pound your conk as often as you can. Buy your books with cash and eat some ants. Bye-bye and take care. is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.